Just I know. Just bring the camera. <laughs> yeah, take us with you. <laughs> take us with you. If you want to do that? I mean, we'll, we'll just sit here quietly if you want. No. Oh my God! Yeah, that was a little XL right there. Whoa. Wow! Wow! Hey, did you hear that, guys? <laughs> Exclusiva! Ow! What is happening, guys? How you doing? What's going on out there, buddies? What's happening? It is Friday. We have made it to Friday. Yes, we have. Ladies and gents, how you guys doing? Who is out there? Hopefully you got some uh, drinks poured. Welcome to the lounge. We're lounging, relaxing after a long week. And trust me, I had a long week. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Ah, uh, that's funny. Uh, let's see. What are we doing here? Who's out there? Oh, well, look at that. I'm going to say, hey, Mama Film Junkie's already out there. She's wondering who Tom is. Mom, I told you last weekend who was coming on the vodka stream. Come on. It's Tom Holkenborg. Okay. Mr. Junkie XL, composer of uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, as well as many other epic masterpieces out there. Anyways, what is happening, guys? How you guys doing tonight? Burp, 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 burp. Hype time. This it is, Mr. Scully. How you doing? How you doing? Yeah. How's, how's it going, guys? Uh, we got some new members going on here. What is up, Mr. Diesel? Yes. Put those devil horns up, man. What is happening? Yeah. Of course, I had to play that moment. You know, I just had to play the moment. Why not? You know, had to play it. How you doing? Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts there, Michael. How's it going? All right. Hey, hey, so am I. Kind of excited for it too. A little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. That's right. What's up? All right. What's going on? We got the Batman here. Oof. Yeah. Talking about all kinds of stuff. Hi. How's it going, video game aholic? How you doing? Doing great. Good. All right. What's going on there, Tashi? How you doing? Uh, things jumping up on me like crazy. We got a new member. All right. Thank you for uh, being a member. It's showtime for sure. Thank you for the uh, donation there, Jonathan. Jason, what's up? How you guys doing? We got Jacob. What is up? Yeah. Well, thank you, Miss Colbert. Appreciate it. Here we go. All right. And then uh, let's see who else we got out there. We got Filmtastic. How you doing, buddy? And we got Claytalian. We got Abdul. What is up? All right. Well, hello from California to New Zealand. How you guys doing? Well, I appreciate it, Ollie. Appreciate it. Hopefully, I have a good one for you tonight. That's for sure. Oh, rotating the table a little bit there. Um, let's see. We got Gustavo. How's it going, amigo? How you doing? Good? All right. We're doing good. Joseph, thank you for joining. Can't wait. Yeah, well, me neither. All right, Nerdy Dave. It's kind of like, eh, and it's kind of like a name that represents me just a little bit. Mr. Will Morris, how you doing, sir? Okay. All right. Pop, pop. I'm trying to get to everybody here. <laughs> Man, the stream is going crazy. It's almost like you guys are here, like, you know, a little excited. A little excited tonight, huh? No, you're awesome, Bradley. You're 
awesome. That's what I got to say about that. That's what I got to say. So I got to say about that. All right. So, um, Akarsh, how you doing? Nice to see you. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Junkie on junkie. It's going on here. Junkies, junkies, fellow junkies. That's right. Ah, what's going on? All right, let's see. How are you guys doing? Jumble Beats, you're here. Cool. Let's rock. Can't wait. Yeah, just talking to you guys. All right, well, let's see. Miss Colbert, you just became a member. Oh, how nice of you. How nice of you. And I, just, I made you a moderator too, by the way, just saying. But uh, thank you guys for joining tonight. This should be a fun one for sure. Um, hopefully you guys had a good week. It's a pretty long week for me, that's for damn sure. <laughs> it was long, long yet not so much. Like it was it was an interesting week. And I'll probably cover more of that on the, on the Sunday, morning, uh, Sunday morning hangover stream. I'll talk about more about uh, all of that. But if, if you notice, though, look at that. I actually, I'm starting to try to... Uh, fill this gap right here in my little setup, you know, because I did have a gap right here where there's just nothingness. So I have a couple of bottles propped up and I'm like, all right, got the sky vodka today because why not? And then I got some Buffalo trace too, which I've been sipping on this week, sipping on or guzzling. I don't know. It's almost done. I've probably been chugging it more than sipping maybe, but anyways, I don't know. We'll see. That's what I have right now, but I'll probably switch to vodka. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I got some choices here. Uh, I got some choices here, that's for sure. So, but yeah, I appreciate you guys clicking in. Should be a fun one. We have lots to talk about it. But of course, you know, we got a pretty, pretty awesome featured guest here for our special guest, I should say. So let me get some things um, ready to go here. Let's see. All right. All right. Get the tweet ready. Um, let's see. Tweet is ready to go. Has joined the stream. All right, let me get the link posted. All right, link posted, all that stuff, getting it ready. All right, well, I mean, you know, let's see. We're already uh, getting into this thing here. I'm already feeling good. All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's bring in the special guest in already, man. Mr. Tom Holkenborg, what is up, sir? Yo. Hey, how's Hello. it going? The vodka stream. The vodka stream. You are on the vodka stream. Welcome to the vodka stream lounge, sir. What are you drinking? With a cigarette and a blue moon beer. That hey, that's perfect right there. I love it. I absolutely love it, man. <laughs> love it. Well, cheers. I got a little bit of uh, Buffalo Chase that I have right here. Cheers, sir. Thank you for joining. Really appreciate it. So would you? Yes. Mm. All right. Thank you for joining. Thank you for uh, taking the time. Uh, make sure you guys, uh, of course, you guys know who this is. You guys know who this is, of course. But make sure you're uh, following him on all various social medias, Junkie XL, Tom Holkenberg. And, of course, he's got a YouTube channel. Hopefully you guys are subscribed to that where he's putting some content up or has been. And uh, we'll be talking about that stuff. But, of course, it's right there. And, uh, Tom, it is a... Uh, it is a uh, pretty exciting year for you. Pretty exciting couple of months for you, I will say. Well, I mean, it, listen, it's like I worked on so many movies uh, yeah. since um, 2019 that were all uh, delayed. You know, they were all benched, you yeah. know, because because of uh, Corona. So, um, so in this case, uh, Warner Brothers decided to. Uh, release Justice League on um, <clears throat> on HBO Max, and the same yeah. for uh, for Godzilla versus Kong that comes out the week after that. You know, it's like, it's like ridiculous. And then yeah. a, a good twenty five or twenty eight days later, 
um, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead comes out, which I also did the music for. And, and it just <laughs> going like that. And it's, it's, it's a ridiculous year, actually. Yeah, it's pretty, it's madness. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and uh, speaking of like, you know, with all the, the, the coronavirus stuff, I mean, how you been, uh, how you been handling it? I mean, obviously you've been working a lot from home. I saw uh, you like redid your studio at home. You started like, you were like giving stuff away. You were just basically just saying like, you know what, let's just get rid of it. Start fresh. How's the, uh, how's the studio looking? Well, I mean, right now I have a studio house where we used to work all together. And um, so obviously nobody's there. Everybody's working from home. Uh, the people that are still with me. And um, but when the Corona crisis hit, um, I went through the same uh, shit that a lot of other people went. You know, just like not knowing what it is. It's scary. You know. So let's just stay at home. Let's not meet everybody. And so I, in my small room upstairs, um, I I put like my setup and I put like a guitar and the bass. I consider myself like a full contact composer, so I like to turn knobs and bang on drums and play guitars <laughs> and do everything, right? Yeah. And so um, it was a, it was it, so I, I'm calling this score like full contact extreme because it's it's like it's a small room with one guitar, one bass, my favorite synth, a bunch of small percussion, and a, one big drum that was in the living room, and and just do everything here. So it was super extreme. You know, using all that stuff at the same time, and on a serious note, because I, this whole score of Justice League was made in complete isolation, mm -hmm. uh, just me being up there in that room. So it made the score so much more intense uh, than it ever was. You know, like in in sixteen seventeen, and uh, to be really honest, when I I played the stuff back that I had back in the day, and I called Zach, and you know, Zach and I are really good friends, and this is the sixth time that we're working together. And so um, I said to him, would you mind if I start over? And he said, by all means, and the shackles are off, go for it, go as extreme as you want, go as wide as you want. And so I was like, Man, this is going to be a great seven months. Oh man, I'm sure it was too. And I want to, I want to get to all that. I wanted to uh, ask about, you know, different uh, when when Justice League first was on was was uh, when you were scoring the music for the initial Justice League, and then to this one. But I actually wanted to like, you know, get to a little bit to the origin story of you first. First off, your name, Junkie XL. I mean, we're junkie on junkie here, fellow junkies right here. So I mean, I, I put I put two e's at, in mind just to just to make it a little bit different, you know. And stuff like that. But where did uh, Junkie XL like come from? Where did that name stem from? Well, so for people that know, um, there was a, a metal band in um, in LA that I that I worked with, and I produced some of their stuff. Uh, and the band is called Fear Factory. Yes. Uh, and so the guitar player of Fear Factory, Dino Casares, was the um, was an amazing guitar player. And and so I worked with him in '93, '4, and '5. And then I said, hey, I'm starting this uh, new producer's name. And then he said, you should call yourself Junkie XL. And I said, okay. He's like, yeah, no, he you should call yourself Junkie. That's what he said. Okay. And, and then I added the XL to it for expanding limits. So not XL as in big, but XL as uh, expanding limits. You know, just like open up your eyes, be open to 
influences in music, but also influences in society and, and just like be, be like an open-minded guy, you know? So that's where it comes from. That's awesome. Uh, you brought up Fear Factory. I mean, I remember uh, probably in the late 90s, I really got into him because a friend of mine was like, you got to listen to Fear Factory. You got to listen to Fear Factory. I mean, I mean, yeah, the guitar, I mean, the whole band, amazing. But the drummer, well, I forgot what his name is. You probably know what his name is. Who's the drummer? Raymond. Ray, okay. How does he? I don't. I. How does he make the the double bass sound like it's a fucking machine gun? I mean, you should you should you should check the drummer of Death if you know okay. that. I mean, that's like. I mean, it's it's just tr truly amazing. And and for people who don't know who Fear Factory is, some people in the chat are like, "Oh yeah, Fear Factory." But if I if I had to um, bring up a song that was in a movie that people recognize, they had a song that was in the original Mortal Kombat movie during the Johnny Cage Scorpion fight. If you go back and listen to that, there's, that's a total Fear Factory song. And I remember hearing that uh, after getting into it. I'm like, oh, my God, they have a song in Mortal Kombat, you know, because I love the uh, original Mortal Kombat movie. But, yeah. And, and then I also saw, too, when I was uh, checking up, you also did stuff with uh, Sepultura, too, right? Yeah, but, 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 by the way, was huh. that George, George Clinton that did the music for the first Mortal Kombat? Is that what it was? I don't know. Like I, I, I remember like I remember buying the soundtrack. I, I didn't have like the the score of it, but I had the soundtrack on a cassette tape. That's right, kids. Cassette tapes. Remember cassette tapes? Uh, <laughs> um, I had the cassette tape of the soundtrack for Mortal Kombat because I loved it so much. So I don't know, like if if uh, he composed like the music for it. I'm not sure. I have to look that up. But yeah, I'm not sure. But it was. Uh, I just remember. That's that. Maybe that's our trivia question for tonight. There it know? is. Somebody look it up. Okay, somebody somebody just said it right here. Mr. Yahtzee in the chat just said yes, George S. Clinton. He did. So there oh, you okay. go. You were right. Okay, See, so, that's what's so that's what's so great about the live chat is like you don't have to look up anything. Everybody's right there <laughs> looking it up for you. Okay, so you uh um so uh where did you grow up exactly? So I grew up on the on the countryside in the Netherlands, uh, mm -hmm. which is bordering with Germany opposite to England and bordering with Belgium and France uh, on the south side. And then um, in my uh, very early 20s, I moved to Amsterdam, which is the capital of, uh, of uh, well, it's not the capital of Holland, but it's the, you know, the, the most important city. And so, um, um, and that, that's why my international career started. So first in the 80s, I, I formed, uh, an industrial metal band called Nerve. And in that respect, I toured with a lot of acts around the world. And that's how I know, uh, that's what I met the people from Rammstein and the people from uh, Skinny Puppy. And, and um, uh, I worked in London in the, in the um, it, it was called the Mute Studios where also Nine Inch Nils finished his first uh, Pretty Hate Machine uh, record. Uh, I toured some gigs with um, Revolting Cox, um, you know, just like ministry, you know, I was really like deep into that scene. And then a lot of these metal bands like um, Doggy Dog, Sepultura, Machine Head, and Fear Factory and a bunch of others, they wanted some of that spice in their own production. And, yeah. and so I helped them out. And then I got more into electronic music. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start my own electronic music band. And um, and that was Junkie XL. So Junkie XL started in the late 94, 95 uh, with the first demos. I got signed in 96. And then I had an incredible run of like 
15, 16, 17 years uh, touring around the world, playing massive festivals. I played Coachella multiple times in the US, even when I was not living here. Uh, uh, I was uh, touring the US a lot, but especially Europe, South America, Asia, Australia, and America. And um, and then I started working in film music in the late 70s, uh, late, uh, late 90s. Sorry, I'm old, but not that old. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the first movie I worked on was um, uh, really? The Black Wizards. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and then I did a bunch of scenes for the first Resident Evil, uh, where 90s Nails and... Uh, uh, and Marilyn Manson were technically doing the score, but there were a bunch of scenes left that they had no interest. And I was like, oh, I, I like to try. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. Over here, over here. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, and, and then I got approached by uh, uh, Jason Bentley, um, who was the music supervisor on the Matrix movies. And so he asked me, we're looking for a title song for the second Matrix movie. Would you like to write something with a singer? I said, sure. And uh, so I approached Dave Kahan of Dipash Mode, and uh, he was like, great, let's do it. So we wrote a song, and uh, but we finished the song way, way, way too late. So uh, it, it, it wasn't, um, you know, I didn't really know what deadlines were in those days because I was still an artist, right? Everybody's going to wait for the artist, right? Exactly. You're like... So, yeah. Deadlines, fucking deadlines, whatever. Um, but it ended up on one of my albums, and um, and then uh, a lot of people in the world that have no idea who, who I am, actually. Uh, but they know this thing that I did, and that is the remix of Elvis Presley a little. Yeah, that was one of the things when, like, I, I I was like, you know, I'm like, all right, let me like take a dive, you know, a deep dive because you were coming on the show, and I was like, I did not realize you did that remix for a little bit, a uh, little less conversation from Elvis. And I remember that fucking song. You couldn't escape that song. That song was on commercials. It was in trailers. It was in movies. It was everywhere. And that pretty much put you on the map right there. huh? Yeah. yeah. You know, Britney Spears covers it in Vegas for like a year in a row. You know, you, you got something good. Probably. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, when Britney Spears covers you in Vegas, that's when you know yeah. you made it. Yeah. So yeah, that put, that put you on the map. And then what happened after that? It was just like, now it was time well, to do... I landed in LA like in 2003 and, and I, I already decided, you know what, I really want to get into film composing. So every, everything that I did was geared towards uh, becoming a film composer. Yeah. Uh, so uh, at that point, uh, I met with composers. I met a couple of times with uh, Hans Zimmer and uh, with Harry Gregson Williams, who I also worked with, with Klaus Bedelt. And I met Chris Beck and, and I met um, Thomas Newman at a certain point. And it was really great. And that's when I realized it's like, fuck, do I have to learn a lot? <laughs> yeah. It's a whole different ball game, I'm sure. Yeah. It, I mean, it, in, in like some happy dream, I thought, Tom, you're going to move to L.A. And all the film studio was like, yeah, here's the new Batman movie. Do the music for it. And, <laughs> and, and then I saw I saw the process of scoring an orchestra and everything. It was like, fuck. Holy shit. Oh, I know. I'm sure it was insane. And, and then meeting up with Hans Zimmer, who was already like a legend by that. I mean, he was already like, you know, he's already scored so many movies, big movies, too. And then just like, what was it like, like meeting up with him, like, 
first conversation? I mean, like, what happened when you guys first, like, uh, I don't know, met up or he called you? It, you was, it, was, it was very normal. I mean, um, I, I want to put it like a little bit in perspective. I mean, at that point in time, I had worked with Coldplay. I had worked with yeah. Madonna. I had worked with, you know, so I was very used to meet famous people, yeah. you know. Um, so it became like a... Um, I wouldn't say normal. It's always great to meet like a, a new, like, um, I, you know, idyllic figure. You know what I mean? Like it never grows old. Uh -huh. But I mean, you know, you know when I would probably be speechless if I were able to meet, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. But if I were able to meet somebody like David Bowie, oh, then I would yeah. be, oh, oh, I don't know what to say. Or yeah. Jimmy or something yeah you know? what do you want me to do do you, you tell me i don't know what to do <laughs> yeah, I, I, I i don't know either but you know <laughs> the, the, the cool thing is when you meet all these very famous people uh they're just like ordinary guys like everybody yeah. on the stream and you and me you know it's like uh they they became super famous and they, they created their own persona to to you know protect themselves from from being too exposed to other people and whatnot um, nevertheless, when I sat down with Hans, we had a click immediately, and and uh, and then he called me back the next day and he said, "Yo, Tom, what do you think? You come to my studios and we're just gonna work on stuff." And I said, "Nah, I'm just gonna do this on my own, dude." And he said, and then he said to me, "I never forget that." You fucking Dutch people, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. And so there it is. And so we kept in touch. We kept in touch. We would see each other every year or so and have a coffee. And then when he was working with Chris Nolan on uh, on Inception, that's when he called me in and he said, I want you to work on this and this. Uh, can you help me out? And I said, love to. And I came out and I, I was driving to the studio and back. And then we, so that movie was done. And then he asked me, would you like to help with... Uh, Madagascar 3 uh, for DreamWorks. And he wanted me to do quite a lot of stuff for that movie. And that's when I said, funny enough to him, yo, Hans, you know, remember you asked me three times to join and I said, fuck you, motherfucker, I'm not going to do it. I said, now it makes sense maybe to do it. And he, and he said to me, let me think about that for a little bit. I'll call uh. you. He was just joking with me. And then he yeah. said, yeah, sure, come come over and so i had a room right next to his in a different building and um, um and that's where we were just hanging out almost like every day and so we were done with um madagascar then i worked with him uh a bit on the the third chris nolan batman movie the mm. dark Rises. Yeah. and then after that um we did man of steel and on Man of Steel, by that time, I my, you know, I was like a the right hand assistant of uh, of Hans, and that's when I met Zach for the first time. And Zach and I immediately hit it off. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, we had fun. We were joking. We completely speak the same language, and um, and I would be doing, I would be taking care of a bunch of stuff in the movie, and, and Zach would be like, yo. I remember I played him a piece of music, and then he said, "Now I want to fucking see this movie." <laughs> and basically, we were done with Man of Steel, and then um, he was the um, 
producer on uh, on uh, uh, three on the rise of empire. Yeah. Then something didn't quite work out. I, I I'm not sure exactly what the deal was, but then he called me and he, and he said, "Yo, junkie, what up?" And I said, "Zach, it's great. What, what what's going on?" And he said, "Yo, I got this. I got this issue with." Uh, three on the rise of an empire. We have five weeks. Can you do a whole new score for that for that thing? And I oh, said, man. sure, I'll do it. Yeah. And, and off I went to the races, and that became my first uh, Hollywood movie. Really, that was your first like that. That was like you composed that entire thing in five weeks. Holy shit! That went, that must have been some long days right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even want to call them days. It was, <laughs> yeah, they all probably merged together. Did you even sleep? I mean, it must have been, just been coffee, uh, maybe some alcohol, some wine, whatever the hell. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta remember is that um, the moment I moved to LA, which was 2002 or three, I'm blanking yeah. on it. But so now we're in 2013, and I get this offer from Zack Snyder. I mean you're just like on steroids. I mean, it's like, um, you know, you you don't even need espressos or cigarettes <laughs> or whatever. I mean, it's, yeah. you're, you're just high on adrenaline. It's like, fuck, this is my first movie. I fucking need to deliver it. I got to do it fast, you yeah. know? And uh, But it all worked out. Definitely. And, then, and, and the next kicker immediately on the back of that was Mad Max. And, and it was like, Jesus okay. Christ. Okay. One year. That's know? what I wanted to. That's what I want to get to. Also, is like Mad Max Fury Road. You get approached for this. You got George Miller. I mean, he's an icon. I mean, he's this director. He's this, um, this art. This. I mean, he's created some great shit. And he's like, hey, I'm gonna revisit Mad Max. And what was that conversation like when he contacted you about it? Well, this is the thing. He didn't contact me. I remember wow. very well. Okay. That so this is a great story. So okay. uh, Darren Hickman, who was the vice president of uh, of Warner Brothers music department, who deals with composers and artists and do things. Mm -hmm. So I had a great relationship with him. And so he calls me literally the afternoon that I'm done with three, uh, 300, uh, 300's Rise of an Empire. And he said, Tom, what are you doing tonight? And I said, um, well, I'm wrapping up the shit in the studio and I'm going to empty a bottle of wine and I'm going to go for a nap of like a week. I'm going in, <laughs> going in hibernation, man. And, and so he said, no, you're not. I booked you a ticket to Sydney and you go home, pack your shit. You're supposed to be at the airport at 11 o'clock at night and you're flying to Sydney. And that's when my heart, my heart skipped a beat. It's like, what am I supposed to do in Sydney? You know, I know... George Miller is there. I know there's a new Mad Max in production, but I, I just could not believe that that would potentially be an option. So I'm in the plane. I'm wired. It, it's a 17 hour flight from LA. To and, and and I have an insane fear of flying as well. So oh, that's I, not good. And have a drink and and. If you if you were allowed to smoke in a plane, like four packs of cigarettes would disappear in one all flight. All at once, all at once, you'd be, yeah. Oh. And so, <laughs> so I, I then I get into Sydney, and for people that don't know who are listening, it's like in Australia everybody drives on the left, like <laughs> like like England style. So I get out of the plane with no sleep, 
And there he is, there, and he says, hey, Tom, I rented the car. I'm going to drive you to George's studio. And he said, Darren, are you comfortable driving in Sydney? Nah, not always, but I usually manage. And so I, I'm sitting in the front seat where usually there's a steering wheel, and I'm sitting there without a steering wheel. And he's sitting next to me, driving this car, super uncomfortable, you know, on the freeway. Into, and I'm just like, fuck, what's happening to me? And then so <clears throat> I meet George Miller for the very first time, and he says to me, Tom, it's so great. Uh, people who have seen interviews with him, he he talks so incredibly articulate and he's uh -huh. so intelligent. Um, and so he says to, he says to me, "Thank you very much for for coming to Sydney, and um, I want you to show where the movie is at." He said, "There's no beginning and there's no ending, but there's a middle part that is three and a half hours long, and <laughs> please watch it, and uh, we'll talk after you see it." <laughs> so then I'm rolled into this theater. By now I'm up 28 hours. Holy and I'm wow. sitting in the theater. And the first thing that I see is that crazy guy in a red suit with a white face that is screaming and playing. <laughs> the with, the fire, with the fire coming out of the car. Holy shit. And so after that, uh, I see him and he says, let's meet tomorrow morning. And I want you to give me a roadmap what this whole score for this movie needs to be. He says, I'll see you tomorrow at nine. So I leave with Darren and, and, and Darren said to me, I know you haven't been sleeping, but you've got some homework to do tonight. And I said, I, I guess I have. And so again, I was up for a whole night, just making a whole plan, you know, just like this and that, so, 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 with YouTube links and examples of music and everything. And so the next day I come in and he just sits there and he says, okay, uh, please tell me your story. And I talk for almost two, three hours on end, and he just sits there listening, not interrupting me anything or whatsoever. He's just listening, very concentrated for three hours. After three hours, he stands up, he walks towards me, and he gives me his hand, and he said, Tom, I want you to be the composer on Fury Road. Oh. Two hours later, I'm at the airport, and I'm checking into the, into the flight, and I call one of my best friends, it's like, Dude, you have no idea what the fuck just happened to me. <laughs> and that's where the two-year ride started to finish Mad Max. Oh my god, I, I can't, I can't even. So you just basically watched like a three and a half hour cut of 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 the movie. Mad Max movie, yeah, and movie. yeah, and I mean that movie is a fucking masterpiece. When that thing came out, uh, it was just like everybody just went, "Oh yeah, George Miller just schooled everyone." On <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. like, how do you make a fucking, uh, how do you make an action movie? I mean, and then with your score, I actually watched it probably about two or three weeks ago. I was like, I hadn't watched it in a bit and I, and I, and I put it on and I mean that it, there's just, you look, every frame is beautiful and your score just fits with it. Cause you have just that, that rugged, that, ah, uh, that metal vibe to it, that hap that with that, that movie. Oh my God. I mean, and then, uh, there's been talk about the sequel or like a Furiosa, Furiosa, yes. It's coming. Is there like any involvement? Can you talk about anything that? Yeah. No, no. George, George and I work together, so I'm actually currently working with him on a different movie before that movie is being okay. made. So. Nice. So okay. So hopefully, yeah. I mean, we we would love to hear uh, more of your music, uh, uh, definitely on that. So 
so then you get okay. So then Batman versus Superman happens, and now this time it's not just Hans Zimmer and his you know people. This time it's Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL. Uh, I mean, when it comes to that score, when it comes to that uh, to the to, to the music on Batman versus Superman, I mean the the, the two the two um, the two songs that stick out are well, first off, a beautiful lie. I mean that is just. You listen to that. I mean, I don't care what I what I'm doing. If I listen to that, I get choked up. <laughs> There's just something about that song that just with the piano and the way that everything just leads into just how it just grows and everything. The process of making that song. I mean, how much how involved were you with uh, a beautiful lie? Well, I mean, I just want to be honest. That is hundred percent hearts. Um, I was about to say. I mean, because it because it, it seems like when it when it went with you, when I hear the drums pounding, I'm like, that's junky. Of course, that's junky. When you hear those drums, that those big huge drums, I'm like, that's you. But when it came to Beautiful Light, it's mainly Hans, huh? But, well, but just for that particular song. But then again, uh, for instance, in Man of Steel, there were a bunch of really emotional scenes that were actually mine. Uh, and, and people thought, oh, Tom just did like the drum part, you know. So, there, but in this case, um, Hans really wanted to take on that scene because um, at first he felt uh, that um, I should be taking care of Batman. In, yeah. in, in and then because he already did Batman for no, exactly. But then latest moments he decided, oh, but I do want to do Batman, and so. And and uh, and then so we we basically switch the roles around uh, in the film. So there's like okay, well if you if if you're going to be doing that, I'm going to be doing this, you know. Um, so I took part uh, I took part of uh, a lot of different scenes uh, for that movie and and um, was uh, primarily uh, responsible for the very raw quality of what the what that overall. Uh, score really sounded like um, so. Um, I, it, was, it was a great collaboration. I mean, Hans and I are like two hands on one belly. You know, it's like uh, when you put the two of us in one room, it's like hilarious. You know, yeah, it like, seems like I've seen interviews with you guys. You guys really just play off each other very well. I'm like, you guys should definitely. You guys should like, think, hey, have a podcast together or something. I don't know. I know, but I know you guys are busy, but. I don't just I mean, honestly, honestly if, if 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 the uh, the 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 meetings in Hans's uh, room uh-huh. are always recorded on video uh, so um people that need to work on a film or whatever uh, they can just like backtrack like what was being said by me or by Hans or by the director or whatever but honestly if you guys would see some of that footage with like how is it possible that these that these two fucking knuckleheads from Europe have a career in the first place? I mean, it, it's hilarious the conversations that we have. I mean, but it, they obviously can never come out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, like that's what's so that's what's so um, intriguing about the the process of all this because you know you're working with the director and then of course you two are working together and you guys have like you know different kind of flavors and just the, like the collaboration. I'm mean, like, for instance, the wonder woman theme. Um, I remember like seeing an interview where uh, I think Hans was trying to come up with like the wonder woman theme. And of course he had a, uh, what uh, Tina Gao like doing that, that electric cello and that lick that, that, that riff, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, the fact that you're part of um, I would say arguably, and I think anybody would agree 
Wonder Woman's entrance in Batman or Superman is probably going to be, it is the best superhero entrance in a movie. And I don't know if anybody's going to top it. Just the way, you know, when she jumps in there, saves Batman's ass. And then when it just, and when it just, those drums are pounding and that cello is going, it, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it right now. I mean, I'm just, it, it's just happening. Um, what, when, when that was, when that whole theme was being made and then being placed on that part of the movie, I mean, what, I just tell me what that process was like. Well, I mean, um, the, the thing that I was um, really pushing for in Batman versus Superman was like, um, the the raw quality of these of these of these characters yeah. you know? and so what was really interesting with the wonder woman theme is that a, a couple of things we hans and i are so in love with the led zeppelin immigrant song uh, so so that's where the inspiration really comes from and we've been sense. looking for five years um to to basically uh have like an homage of respect to Led Zeppelin and and Jimmy Page of of playing that without necessarily like ripping or stealing it. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's like how how do we create that kind of movement? But uh, and so um, Hans had some original ideas uh, to create like something that was like a little bit more on the feminine side and. Um, and I, I kept pushing him for um, something that was more swords and sandals, you know, just like, I mean, she's a woman with a great heart, but when she kicks ass, boy, you, you better not be there, <laughs> you know? It's, it's very, very raw. And and uh, and I wanted to hear that uh, for this particular movie. Um, so, and, and that's eventually what it became. And so... In in the Batman versus Superman version, uh, it's played by by uh, Tina Fey. In the, in the in the Justice League version that is about to come out, I did a different take on the Wonder Woman suite that is um, um, even closer to how I would have made it. But back in the day, you know, it was the two of us. Yeah. Uh, so in the original theme, there's still a lot of strings and brass and. In my version, there's not because I feel that where she comes from, the Amazon, um, it, it, it's such a strong clan. So I wanted, to, I wanted to have like a lot of world music and old world music influences of for the Amazon. You know, they've been yeah. around for the, the, you know, since the beginning of time, and they will be here. You know, in thousands of years from now. So it, it needed to feel like. It's music that was always there and it will always be instead of like a piece of music that is hip to these modern times, if you will. And so um, there's a lot of world music elements, part of it. But the version that I did of Wonder Woman, the drums is way more aggressive than uh, the original Batman versus Superman version. And the, the riff is... Um, it's, it's pretty gnarly. And so in this case, I actually played it myself on guitars and weird, weird sound design instruments and stuff. So it's a really weird sound how it works together, but it works beautifully. And I worked with this incredible female vocalist from Tehran, uh, Iran. Um, and she's, she's the singer in Justice League that is the inner voice and the, the good soul 
uh, inner voice character of uh, Diane. Uh, And especially when she has that link with uh, the Amazon. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just there's just something about that 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 scene right there. Like I said, I, I think everybody can agree, like just the way that that all came together so perfectly. And uh, yeah, I mean, you guys, did, you did all that, and then and then of course, then you get Deadpool, which of course I got. You know, I'm a Deadpool fan. I got some Deadpool right here. You get okay. So when that when that comes about, I mean, again, when I heard you were going to compose that after hearing, you know, obviously Mad Max, and then of course uh, what you did on um. BBS, I'm like, perfect. I mean, that's that. Yeah, you want that. You want that raw, like, you want that sound. So you get Deadpool, you meet with Tim Miller. How does that go? <laughs> As he lights a cigarette. Actually, actually, my my first meeting was with Tim Miller and with Ryan Reynolds. I was about to say, I mean, Ryan Reynolds was there through like that whole process. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and it, 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 was, it, it was really great. And they just showed me... Uh, <clears throat> an updated version of that freeway scene, you know, that, that was leaked. Yeah. Um, and so, leaked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there, there is no thing as a leak, right? I mean, right. Uh, any, any uh, serious hacker on your, uh, uh, on your, on your show would tell you 99.9999999% it's like, it's coming from the inside, you know, exactly. <laughs> um but um anyway yeah so i started on that thing and then uh first i started this is interesting first i my first approach to uh the sound of deadpool was like a complete ripoff of the good and the bad and the ugly from ennio morricone but then but then in in 2017 right 18. yeah and so um and I, I played the piece of music to Ryan Reynolds and Tim Miller, me and the picture editor, and they fell on the floor laughing. You know, they 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 were uh, laughing so loud. And then when the tears was out of their eyes and they they you know they were done knee tapping, um, Tim stopped laughing and he said, "Tom, it's brilliant, but it's too funny." Oh man! So it was like. Man, are you killing me? Oh, <laughs> damn. You know, and so um, but then I was like, he said, no, the music needs to be fun, but not fun neat. And oh. so I said, I'll come back to you. And then um, I, I was like in the, in the lab trying things out. And then after a month, I called him. I said, dude, I have it. And he said, what is it? I said, well, imagine Frankie goes to Hollywood, meets Miami Vice, but then on steroids and on massive acid. What do you think? <laughs> and he says, uh, okay, I guess I need to hear it, he said. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had another meeting, and then I played, I think what is now called, uh, the scene is called 12 Bullets or something. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the scene before it on the freeway. And, and then they were like, Fuck, this is it. Keep going. And so then the whole score was that. And then we had a preview for Fox. And it was just that, you know, that crazy 80s stuff. And then um, one of the executives said to Tim, Tim, what are we listening to, actually? He said, oh, that's the that's the score. And, and they say, the score? What do you mean, fucking score? That's like some fucking bad 80s shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Tim said, 
But that is the whole point, you know. It's fucking so, Deadpool. Come on. <laughs> so anyway, but it's, it's, I had to I had to compromise a little bit with some big orchestral sections, and eventually everybody was happy. Tim was happy. Ryan was happy. Studio was very happy. Well, and, what, what I noticed about that score is like you had that synthesized sound that. I mean, it, it, I mean, when I first heard it, I was like, that kind of sounds like what they used at the beginning of the song Beat It from Michael Jackson. It's exactly, the same, yeah. thing. It's exactly <laughs> yeah. the same thing. I mean, like uh, for people that want to get a little bit more in depth, uh, uh, if you go to uh, TomHulkenborg.com, which is my new website, uh, all the videos are archived really nicely. and You can find a video. I think it's called The Sins of Deadpool or something. Mm. And so... All the synths that I used in that um, movie are were actually the classic synths that I owned, and uh, so it, it's really great to repurpose old gear for something so modern. You know, it's really great. Oh no, I mean it, it. It really worked. It really worked for the character. I mean, you really nailed it. Like I said, I mean, the first Deadpool movie is. I mean, the the way it all came together. I mean, the fact that how you know, like I said, the footage got leaked. Finally, we were getting it, and then it all just seemed to just mesh well, pretty pretty well together. And then now, fast forward, we get you get Justice League. Um, I mean, <laughs> you work on BBS with Zach. Zach obviously is like, hey, was there ever a point where like he like Hans Zimmer was gonna be also part of it, and like, maybe couldn't? Sure. No, he never no. was a part of it. And I remember there was like a point where he was like, ah, I don't want to do superhero movies anymore right now, or maybe he went on tour for a bit or something. I don't know, but uh, so it was just mainly just directed at you to just uh, to compose this yeah, thing. I mean, uh, Zach, Zach called me in those days and he said, I want you to do this film, you know. Yeah. Um, so this was. Uh, as far as I remember, even before uh, those comments came out. So, okay. um, before we get into the Justice League stuff, I actually have a fan video question. Somebody who is actually a DJ and a producer himself wanted to ask you a quick cut question. Oh, sure. This oh, is from uh, his, uh, his alias is Krypton Cage. So, here it is right here. Hey, Tom, I hope you're doing well. This is Nine Effects. I'm a DJ and producer just like yourself. I'm a big fan of your work and I have followed all of your videos. Uh, that you post on your channel and today I would like to ask you a technical question um, so as an electronic music producer yourself um, what is your favorite mastering compressor and favorite mastering limiter so I want to know what your go-to mastering compressor and mastering limiter is that you use for like most of your tracks um, thank you and I cannot wait for your Zack Snyder Justice League and Army of the Dead scores there you go. That's a technical question. I'm totally out. Go for it. <laughs> My answer is very simple. Okay. It's the bundle of Fab Filter. The Fab Filter bundle um, sounds absolutely insane. The Pro Q uh, 3 they have at this point, the Pro Limiter L2, and the multi bands uh, compressor that they have, you can get a really incredible, super, super clear sound. You know what's great about this company, FabFilter? Mm. A, they make the most fantastic sounding plugins in the, on the planet. B, they're Dutch. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> right there with you. There you go. <laughs> that works. So by, by, uh, and, and there's a, a secondary company that is also absolutely fantastic. 
for uh, creating a really good sound. And those are the plugins by Plugin Alliance. So uh, those are the two that I constantly use. But my mastering is always done with FabFilter. Nice. Well, there you go. Well, that was a very good question. So now getting into the uh, the, the Justice League, um, scoring the Justice League. So now uh, this time you're not, you don't, uh, you're working by yourself and you already pretty much have Superman. We got Superman. He's got his themes. You got Batman's got his theme. Now you got, <laughs> you got these other characters that you're going to have to do themes for and all the, you know, the craziness of this movie. How was, uh, I mean, just, what was the process? Well, uh, let me let me let me give you uh, okay. uh, let me give you uh, a little um, premiere, okay. uh, which is Batman has a whole new theme in this movie. That's right. I remember. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you've okay. I mean, we'll get to like I mean, rescoring and, and everything too, because uh, at the beginning I played that video which you've actually uh, posted yourself, where Zach was on my stream. We were doing like a charity stream, and he just. He just, I mean, that's what's so great about Zack Snyder. He'll just like, when I see him looking down at his phone, I'm like, uh-oh, is he pulling something up on his phone? And he just pulled up a little, like, you know, you heard that little, and that, that riff. Yeah. And everybody, I mean, we all, I was like, oh, what the fuck? And then he's just, oh, yeah, that's just a little Excel right there, you know, that it was on my phone. <laughs> That you, I mean, it was just like, what the whole, holy shit. But I'm, but I remember, yeah, there was news that you have, there's like a whole different Batman theme going on. So, wow. I mean, so that, that little guitar riff is, yeah. is part, is part of the Batman theme. There it uh, is. Thank you. Because everybody was wondering that everybody thought it might've been cyborg, but I was like, yeah. if you look at Zach's phone, you see a Batman, you see Batman like figure moving on his phone. And I'm like, it's gotta be for Batman. Uh, this is this is the so okay so talk in general about the themes and I'll get back to Batman and I'll talk a little bit about the other characters. Yeah. So all the characters in Justice League that come together and eventually form the Justice League, yeah. they all have a super tormented past. You know how they how they got there, and they all have a different uh, backstory. But it's a backstory that is painted by sorrow, loss. Um, um, lots of different things. Um, so with Wonder Woman, we talked about it a little bit, so let me round it off. What for me was very important to underscore the sword and sandal elements, but at the same time with the heart. Yeah. So it's not just like senseless banging. There are a lot of emotional scenes with Diane in this, in, in this movie where it's really uh, esoteric, uh, world music, really heartfelt, beautifully sung and played emotional music, you know, that goes with the Amazon and with her culture where she's from. Yeah. Um, Batman, very tormented uh, character, but um, the most beautiful thing about Batman, he's actually not the real uh, superhero in this movie compared to the other guys. He's just yeah. a guy that has a lot of money. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's the human. He's the human aspect. I mean, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. So, uh, funny enough, um, he has this very tormented past. So, in this particular movie, um, the focus is a little less on his tormented past, um, uh, and it's more focused on the the motivation to bring the crew together. So um, that that is his primary goal. So. We see Batman in a lot of really cool 
scenarios where, um, w without any spoilers or giveaways of the story, but where he does really crazy, badass shit. You know what I mean? And so this particular guitar riff that that I that you refer to, it it's like when he's just like a cool badass. He's not bad. He's not being a good guy. He's like, oh, there he's walking with his, you know, with his full outfit. And, and, and when and, I hear that, when I hear that, I'm like, he's got to be like walking, like just, just walking, just totally, just confident, and just like ready to just fuck some shit up. I don't know, fuck some parademons up. I don't know. It's just you feel that. Well, like it's, it's like you, you, you'll see it when you see yeah. the movie. Um, but I'm particularly happy with, um, um, you know, there's a whole scene evolving. You know, just like when the way that we get introduced to him, which is really great, where the the theme plays for the for the first time, and then there's a, a massive statement of it when we see the bad signal for the first time, and so it really it really it really evolves. But you know, the cool thing is, uh, and I do want to point this uh, this out before I move with the other characters, <laughs> is like this movie is four four hours and twenty minutes long. And, and, and not only for Zach, but for me as a composer, this is my Mount Everest. Yeah. God damn it, four no, and a half it, hours of music. I mean, it's like this is a whole different ballgame than yeah. feel like two hours or Batman versus Superman, two, two, two hours, ten, you know, yeah. just like it's a whole different thing. And so the beautiful thing is that you can play very prolonged themes, you know, and you, you can take time to develop it. So Let's go to Cyborg, for instance. So Cyborg's past is really troubling as well. Oh, yeah. His moments to shine, really, is a section in the movie that is called Cyborg Story. Uh, and it's basically a 15-minute scene where oh. we see uh, what, you know, what his backstory is and, you know, where he's from. And so, and what happened to him. And so basically, Seth, it's like, you can write this amazing piece of music of 50 minutes with little or no dialogue and no sound effects. I'm just like, God, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yes. <laughs> great. So that became like, so his music is actually um, out of the crew, probably the most emotional. And, oh, and it's, it's a very adagio style yeah, I mean, well, Zach has said that he's the heart of the film. So, I mean, it's understandable, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's it's a very long piece that it just evolves and it evolves and then it becomes smaller and then it becomes very majestic and then it becomes very dark. And But it's the same the same piece of music, just keeps going, keeps going. And it's, it's a dream, you know, to do something like that. Yeah. Um, Damn. The Flash, the Flash, interestingly enough, really um, does not have his own uh, theme per se, because he's always part of uh, a scenery section with a bunch of other people. And the introduction of Flash and another introduction later is being covered by a song. So um, so it, it's not uh, the, the score that does the lifting there. But he has a very important part on three different sections in the film where, and I'll get to that in a little bit, where he actually makes it possible for the leak to even exist. So um, uh, the, the theme that he gets there 
is actually the Justice League theme because it really starts forming because of what he's able to do mm-hmm. and so, without giving anything away. Um, um, let's see. Aquaman has a new theme. There so you go. He gets from, the, from the movie, it's a whole new theme. And so uh, he gets a big introduction and it comes back a couple of times where he's like, doing badass stuff and when he saves a couple of uh, scenarios here and there um and um and then there is uh steppenwolf slash dark sides slash the mother box that's what i was gonna ask i mean does do do uh i mean obviously steppenwolf would get a scene or get a uh, uh, a theme but it's like so it's kind of meshed with dark side as well like it's kind of and, like and, 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 and the mother boxes because that Ooh, is the mother boxes they the, the the three the three of them are in the same plot yes you know, it, it's like um um so it, it and that pretty much has almost like um out of the top of my head might have potentially the most screen running time his theme because you know so much evolves around like the dark plan that he's he's trying to evolve uh so uh because you know there's one theme of Steppenwolf, Darkseid's uh, mother box against six different other themes from the characters that are fighting against him. You know what I mean? And, and so the rest of the time is divided up between the different persons, whereas Steppenwolf is just on his own, you know? And so his theme is a very orchestral theme, and it's very complex in melodies and harmonies with a... a ridiculous sound design that goes with it and really awkward sounding strings that go apart and come together and the same with uh, really uh, crazy choir sounds and and it's just like a choir from hell you know Uh, imagine yeah so uh, I'm I'm really proud of all these things and then there's the Justice League theme of which um, I would almost say like um, um a, a pop music version we we released as the first single. You know, it's the one with the really hammering drums, the, the one that came out a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the, the-, the theme of the Justice League. Um, but the Justice League theme comes back in the movie in so many different renditions. Uh, um, and the I think the end of the movie is like almost 10 minutes, a full like emotional version, very slow of that theme. And, and and it, and it really feels in in the the way that it play, plays in the movie, it feels like a, a national anthem. You know, it feels like that's what you want to sing to your NFL team that you love so much, or your soccer team, or whatever. You know, and uh, and the whole stadium is like da la da da da, you know, just like singing that melody. And yeah. so, um, and that was the intention. So Zach and I worked a lot on that theme just like it needs to be a national anthem it, it can it cannot be just like oh yeah that's a cool melody you know it needs to be like you know i have heard this before and it's like no you did not it's it but it, it has that sense of like oh i know this <laughs> <laughs> so like um well first off uh, i have another video fan question oh, that uh, i wanted to ask you that uh that has to do with like the individual ones is from bradley right here so here we go Hey, what's going on, guys? Throughout all of the characters in Zack Snyder's Justice League, who is your favorite to compose a theme song for? And out of all the movies you've worked on, 
how would you describe your experience on this particular film? I'm a huge fan of your work. I cannot wait to see more of it in the future. Thank you guys so much. Have a great night. All right, so now, yeah, see, Bradley wants you to pick a favorite here. That's like, ooh, oof. So that, that part, my um, my internet was like uh, a little bit of a breakup. So what? So I heard the, the second part of the question. Okay, what? so the first part, he said, which one was your favorite to work on? Which character, like the theme song? I mean, obviously, you said like like Flash kind of has, you know, like his, it's a it's a different kind of thing. But I would say like he, he asked like which character was your most favorite to like work on when it came to the theme. I... I it's very hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I, I was about to say, I mean, it's like picking, like, it's like saying, like, you know, I, mean, I, can, tell you, I can tell you this. Okay. What was the most daunting character to write a new Ooh, theme? Ooh, okay. That's better. That with, on the number one spot with a massive difference uh, of like a street length until the other themes come in must be Batman because yes. Batman has such a long history. Uh, not only of amazing film scores, the one that Hans did, um, the, the, the Danny Elfman's ones, uh, but also a history of comic books that goes back almost to the 20s, I believe. And so it, 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 it's such a long history. Um, and um, that is very daunting. The, the other characters uh, are appearing in um, a major superhero movie for the first time, you know, Cyborg. It doesn't feel as daunting. But yeah. what, um, what I learned working with Hans when we took on Man of Steel and there was a lot of talk is like, oh, is the John Williams theme coming back? And obviously Hans' answer was absolutely not. <laughs> <You know? laughs> of course. And, and so you just, you just, there's no... It doesn't make sense to reprise um, an, an, an other's composer idea uh, yeah. what this needs to be. Also, the first Superman movie was made with a different director. It was in the 70s. It was diff you know, different actors. It had a sort of like tongue-in-cheek kind of quality to it, but right. nevertheless very great. Um, where superhero movies now are just, you know, Marvel has its own style and DC has its own style. And um, it's very important when when there's like, it, with with Zach, there's like a complete reboot of the whole franchise, right? When he when he started on Man of Steel. And, and so he became like the architect, you know, of what uh, the DC universe looks, at, uh, looks like at this point. Um, so it also makes sense to have like a different music vision for that, you know, that that goes with yeah. that, and that goes with the person who is hired. And yeah. so, and you have to always make music that is close to you, that you feel is 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 what your vision is of that character, not what somebody else's vision was. Exactly. You can't. I mean, yeah, you really can't. I mean, um, when, when you think of Superman, yeah, you have that John Williams score, which, yes, you hear that, you know, that, that that's Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And it's iconic. It's great. But that was for that. Now we have, you know, yeah. the, the characters reinvented. So, of course, the score is going to be reinvented, just like the Danny Elfman, you know, Batman score. I mean, obviously, it's beautiful. It's great. But is it going to work right in, in this setting? No, it's not going to work right here. And uh, I mean, that's one of the things too that I, I wanted to t talk to you about. So when, okay, so when everything happens with Justice League, 
you know, obviously it was, you know, some madness that was happening behind the scenes. And then of course, Zach had to, um, he had to step off, which, you know, of course, you know, tragedy. And we, we all, uh, you know, we all have our hearts go out to all that and, and everything. And, uh, and then everything gets kind of rearranged and everything. Did you actually, did you go to a, a screening of the theatrical cut of justice league or. Oh no, never. Never. So when, <laughs> no, when, and that's not, that's not in, in disrespect who, who, who actually finished the movie. Yeah. It's, um, I have a strong sense of loyalty of the people that I love and I love working with. So when Tim Miller left the Deadpool franchise, uh, that means automatically for me that I need to leave too, you know. Wow. I, okay. Because so, I was, was going to ask you if why, like, like if you're approached for Deadpool too, yeah. No, no, no. It's just like it, it's like you do this together with your friends, your yeah. director, the one that you work with. You know, the the person that gave you inspiration to do it in the first place. You know, and so you can't just say like, "Well, too bad for you, man. I'm just going to keep going." You know, and so, and in the case of Justice League, Joss Whedon didn't even want to work with me. So I did have a meeting with him, um, and uh, you know, he, I, I, I don't know what to say about that meeting, and I want to keep that uh, to myself. But uh, oh, no, you can say it; it's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, what I'm trying to say is that I never felt he wanted to work with me, and and I actually had no appetite in it. So basically. I called Zach after he had to um, uh, to leave the project. It's like, Zach, you know, uh, I'm not going to do it, even if Josh is going to call me tomorrow that, oh, Tom, we love you to finish the film. And uh, I said, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm loyal to what you do, and I'm stepping away from it. But then the next day I got the phone call, you know, Josh wanted to hire Danny Elfman, and I said, you know, uh, you know, hail to him. I, I also posted a... Uh, 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 a message on social media at the time. Yeah, uh, you know, I I I, I wish Danny Elfman uh, the best of luck. He's the fantastic composer. I wish just the best of luck, and I hope you guys deliver a really great film. And um, but this is this is the interesting point where we now are. Right, is that the power of fans? And so. Uh, the moment when uh, Justice League came out, the previous version, not by talking about what I what I think about that movie, because honestly, I can't say because I didn't see it, uh, and I'm actually very happy that I didn't see it because that's it what be. it kept my creative canvas, so to speak, so clean to actually do the Zex cut. But what was interesting is that, uh, and heartwarming, is that when. Uh, the movie came out, you know, first there was a petition, obviously, for the release of Zack Snyder cuts, but immediately in its heel was uh, a petition to get the score release that I did for that movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously, it didn't rank up as much signatures as uh, the, um, uh, the movie itself, but it was very significant. And so... I'm so grateful for all these fans out there, and maybe some of these fans are here tonight that actually know petitions, because because of you guys, Zach is able to finish a film, and I was able to finish the music ideas that I had. The fact that I started over is that I feel I have better ideas now, yeah. <laughs> you know? and so, but. Um, 
And, you know, because of this incredible petition that has been signed by so many fans, this is another uh, premiere that you're going to have, is that Warner Brothers decided to release the full score of the movie. Nice. Not just a CD with like 75 or 80 minutes. You guys will be able uh, to listen to the full four hours that is actually in the movie. Full four hours, guys. You hear that? That is, oh, my God. We cannot wait for that. And that was like, I mean, that was another thing I was going to ask you, too, because when you were scoring this originally, you know, you had all this music, and then it wasn't going to be used. Did you end up using maybe some of those, you know, some parts in, like, other movies, like maybe, like, uh, Alita, which, you know, we have a lot of fans of Alita, were you able to like maybe like were you taking like sections and putting in like another stuff and you just like maybe I'll just Alita was like a completely different animal. I mean, yeah. um, 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 you know, um, Justice League was like such a high octane, especially that you know, as Zach has said in recent interviews, it's like he he didn't want to cut the movie down because you had no time to sit with the character for less than 10 seconds. It's like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go, you know? Yeah. And so the two-hour cut that I was working on originally in 1617, it was just like hammering, 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 you know, just to get to the end of it, you know? And, yeah. uh, and now when people see this movie, yes, there's, you know, insane action sequences, but there's moments where you come down for it and then there's like 10 or 50 minutes of storytelling where you really understand what the world is and where these characters come from and what is at stake and then it slowly starts brooding again and poof, then we have like another insane action sequence. So it's not like it starts with action and it goes, you know, till the very end, not at all. It's yeah. a really incredibly well-balanced four-hour uh, experience. But the two hours version that was there back then was so high octane. Uh, it was like, it was hammering, hammering, hammering. And for the guys who have seen uh, Alita, you know, it's a very slow-paced movie, actually. And there's a lot of dramatic yeah. storytelling and a love story. And so the music for the original Justice League would not be suitable for a movie like that. It would also not be suitable for a movie like Mortal Engines, you know, that I did with Peter Jackson. Because he wanted a more, uh, for people that have listened to the soundtrack, he wanted a way more symphonic approach with really big melodies. And, and so, and that was not what the original Justice League was as well. And, and uh, let's see, then there was Tomb Raider, which was also definitely not suitable for any of that. So usually what, what happens for me is that when... Um, I never consider what I do as my masterpiece. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, I, I, I do want to say that I'm extremely proud of what Justice League has become. And, and there's a lot of personal uh, uh, emotion that is connected to it. Uh, the fact that I can do this with Zach, that it is like uh, a, a serious amount of recognition, you know, just because of the power of the fans that made this possible. Um, and at the same time, um, you know, Zach is a friend, you know, so I'm, I'm really close to what, uh, you know, his, his personal dealings, what he, what he's going through. Um, so for him, it, it also feels so great. And it, it was like, 
such a relief that the two of us, just the two of us, could just do this together, you know, right. with no interference or whatsoever. It was oh, just, God. it was just the two of us. Yeah. And, and so it, that that is like unheard of. So in many uh, ways, it's a special movie. But I'm also very proud of what it became uh, musically. And so um, when the first single came out, and to see like all these heartwarming comments, you oh, know, God, it was so good. So good. It felt like. Uh, you know that day when that single came out? Yeah. I actually didn't work. I was just sitting behind my laptop with some tea and then a beer. And I was like, oh, <laughs> look what, 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 these, what these fans that wanted this for four you years. Even, I mean, you don't even, I mean, I've been in the thick of it, you know, since the very beginning. I mean, uh, when it comes to following Zach's work, you know, I've been a fan forever since pretty much dawn. And then, uh, when BBS got announced, it was just like, you know, that's that I was I was so super hyped for it because, you know, obviously I love I you know, I loved Man of Steel. And then he had, oh, he's gonna bring in Batman. Well, I'm all for this. And then of course, when it, that led into Justice League and with everything that happened, I mean, obviously when we when the theatrical version came out, a lot of us were like, we wanted to love it. But, you know, as time went on, it was like, no, this was not Zach's film. And then all of a sudden this whole this 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 group just got together and it grew grew and grew i mean it, it is crazy where we're at right now and i mean not even just for getting the film out but you know the money raised for afsp uh yeah. everything i mean i've said it time and time again i mean especially particularly now with the whole pandemic and you know i mean people locked you know locked down in their homes and just sitting there and depression is up suicide rates can be up and it's just like the the money raised over a half a million dollars i mean I mean, I congratulate everybody that, you know, in the chat who's donated. I mean, I, I always have the link posted underneath my videos of AFSP. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty magical what this, uh, it, it's iconic. It's going to, it's making history. I mean, this is something that's never been done where it's just like, wow. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing um, what the, this fan base has really done. And I'm sure just, yeah, when you released, when you released, um, that the, the when that song released, I mean, I'm sure it was just magical seeing all the positive response to that because it's truly like you listen to that, it's just it's got all the elements of just like you know you got those drums, you got the the uplifting, just you know, the way that it, you could just see where like oh yeah, this is totally a, a this is Justice League right here, this is totally Justice League, and we can't and the fact that you said there's like four hours worth of stuff, I mean the chat went crazy. I don't know if you saw that, but the chat like literally was going oh my god four hours. I mean people are fucking excited that you said that, and it was just like oh they can't wait, they can't wait. So yeah, I mean it's 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 really unique, and and then um, and for me and Zach, it's such a great year because you know. First, it's Justice League, and then a, a, a good two months later, it's going to be... Uh, Army. Army. Well, I mean, like, and, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about, too. It's like, okay, so now you, so you have Zack Snyder's Justice League. Then you have Godzilla versus Kong yeah. which is coming out, too. I mean, how was working on that? I mean, working, I mean, you go from, uh, you know, working with, like, a group of superheroes, the Justice League, and then you're like, okay, now I got to work on a movie that that has these two monsters, Godzilla and King Kong going up against each other. Holy shit, man. I mean, for me, for me, uh, both uh, Justice League and, um, mm -hmm. and Godzilla versus Kong, that's like a young boy dream, right? I, I mean, I when, you're, when you're like six years old, because actually, actually the, 
the first two comics that I read as a, as a young boy when I was six years old was not DC was not DC superhero, but it was actually Tarzan. But you can consider that maybe potentially the first superhero ever. It's true. Um, yeah, 1910, 1915 or something. Um, and uh, and actually, I live in Tarzana. And you know that the city of Tarzana. There you go. Poetic. People yeah. that don't know. Yeah. Is, 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 crea is created by Burroughs, you know, the inventor of Tarzan. That's why it's called Tarzan. Tarzana. There you go. So his, his, his original ranch is like down the road here somewhere. And so that's interesting. But um, <laughs> that was the first comic that I read. And the second one that I read was King Kong. And then when I was eight or nine, I read uh, Batman and Superman and stuff. But my parents didn't allow me to read Batman when I was six or seven uh, because it was a little on the darker side, you know? Gotcha, yeah. I'm an old motherfucker. So Batman, <laughs> uh, Batman comics in the in the 70s, early 70s, they were... Um, they were pretty on the darker side, you know, at at, uh, at times. Even Tarzan um, got a little dark, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I still have the original uh, comics from nice. uh, DC from uh, Tarzan. I still have them, and I'm reading them at times, and uh, they were pretty dark. It's like, wow, you know, how did young boys de deal with that? Because you know, primarily boys would read the comics in those days. Of course, of course. Uh, but um, going back to Godzilla. Uh, versus Kong, I'm a massive Godzilla fan. I have all the 30, uh, 35 movies that were made, um, and I've watched them multiple times. Um, my favorites by far are, uh, you know, the original Godzilla, and then um, uh, Godzilla versus Mothra. No, uh, yeah. uh, the, the really odd one out is Godzilla versus Biolante. I'm not sure if who if there's anybody I, out there who knows. I, I don't even. I, I I'm like, what did you just say? Is that English? Which is which is like, it's like a massive rose the size of Godzilla who fights like hell and he beats the shit out of him. It's, oh wow! I, it's insane what Koho came up with. Um, but I th I think the. Um, from the Toho series, most likely Godzilla versus Mothra is the most um, impressive one. Yeah. Um, and they released one, um, um, it's like two years ago, two and a half years ago or so. Uh, it, it's not all that great. But there's one incredible shot of that movie when you see the nuclear blast for the first time. It's like, and you hear like this opera music and it's like, yeah. and that. Uh, Thing comes out and it's like incredible. Um, but what people will be very excited about Godzilla versus Kong is that Godzilla and Kong, in comparison to the previous movies, have a huge amount of screen time in this movie. That's I think that's one of the things that you know uh, a lot of people kind of complain about. It's like there's too much of like the human aspect. I mean the the the, the 2014 Godzilla I really adore. Like. I thought um, I'm like drawing a blank on the director right now, Gareth. I always get, I always get, um, uh, I always draw a blank on the director, but the way that he approached it was pretty unique. But, uh, and then of course you have the King of the Monsters and then it's like, okay, you have this human aspect and sometimes it's just like, it can come off fairly cheesy and whatever. But then I'm hearing that this one, it's like, yeah, they're trying to like give a good amount of time to these Titans 
because yeah, it's Godzilla versus Kong. We don't want so much human humans like talk. Yeah, they're gonna be there, of course. You gotta have yeah. the human aspect, but you really wanna. And when and then when that first trailer came out, oh my god! I mean, I mean, I'm I'm one of those that I'm I'm on Team Kong. I'm just saying, I'm Team Kong. I'm, I, I'm I'll say it right. I've said it many times. You know, I mean, like, I, I, I don't mind, I don't mind the lizard, but I'm just saying, I'm like, I'm rooting for my boy Kong right there because he's in shackles. He's, uh, you know, he's kind of like, uh, he's the underdog. That's why, you know, when it came to but, you know, this is, but this is interesting in the in the superhero world, right? Yeah. Because technically, there is no fight because Kong has the nuclear blast that will take everything out. Oh. But I mean, um, uh, I, I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say how this thing ends, but uh, there's some spectacular. And, and so this thing that was released today, right? Was it on IMG, yeah. 40, 40 seconds of footage? Yeah, there was a clip. Of, it was the first meeting of Godzilla and Khan. Oh, yeah. That, that, crazy. That scene is 18 minutes long. And it's Holy ridiculous. Shit. It's ridiculous. Wow. See, and I love the fact that a lot of people are agreeing with me. Hey, Team Kong, there we go. These are my people right here. I'm people right here. So you got, okay, so we have Godzilla versus Kong, and then all of a sudden, now you got this Zack Snyder fucking zombie craziness, Army of the Dead. And so I guess, like, when when did Zack approach you on uh, on this one? Uh, very early on. Um, like, um Pre, I think in the same year when we stopped working on Justice League, he was okay. talking about it. That um, we also we always talk about the stuff that um, that he's working on, that he's got in has got in development. So obviously, I cannot share everything that's coming up. But um, but um, yeah, so I, I did. I think I got the script from him as early as uh, probably two and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah, he's been working on it for a bit. So, so it's basically like, okay, now it's like you're going to be working on a high octane heist movie. A heist. It's basically a zombie movie that's got a heist involved with it. So now it's like, okay, now you're you're going to take the approach of like, okay, now I got to you know transition from you. You went from it's like it's crazy how you like you went from like. Um, and I actually wanted to ask you this too: is like going from. I mean, going from these big, huge movies and then going from like a smaller movie and then going to big movies. I mean, it, it, like, how do you like how do you process that when 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 you're approaching all this? I mean, you, you have all these huge characters that are like, you know, you got Batman and Superman, which are bigger than anybody. I mean, it doesn't even matter who's playing the characters. That's why I, I've even said it myself. Like, I don't care what actor is playing Batman. It, yeah. Ben Affleck. Everybody knows who Ben Affleck is. The, the character of Batman transcends Ben Affleck. doesn't matter who it could be the biggest actor in the world. So you like have these iconic characters like, like Batman, Superman, Godzilla and Kong. And then you might, might do something like a little more low key. That's original like this. Is it like, do you have like a, a similar process and you're not feeling like the pressure as much? Maybe what happens like in that? In that whole process. Well, I mean, it, for starters, it's great to uh, to work on characters that yeah. don't have uh, such a rich history in, <laughs> in in pop culture, right? I mean, uh, it's like, uh, listen, you you can't write themes for Batman every day of your life because you will not make it, yeah. you know, or for Superman, you know. You so you do you do one of those, and then it's like. Uh, you know, because Army of the Dead is whole whole new territory. 
talk, uh, talking about like, um, um, you know, a major pressure as well was on Godzilla versus Kong, you know, especially the Kong history and score is like oh, yeah. ridiculous. You know, it's like uh, it's Jim Steiner in the 30s. And then this, um, uh, um, you know, in incredible um, re shop version in the 70s 77 or 76 with uh, Jessica Lang and and Jeff Bridges and then there was of course the Peter Jackson 2005 uh, Kong mm -hmm. and they were all Oscar nominees and winners you know and so um and then Kong has this really rich uh, sorry Godzilla has this very rich history uh because of the um, the Japanese movie so for both Kong and the Godzilla I wanted to create like new themes that were very much rooted in 40s and 50s monster score movies, if you will, but then with a super modern approach to it. Um, and so when you come off two movies like that that are so iconic, and then you work on Army of the Dead, it's like, wait, there's no Batman? There's no Batman? <laughs> there's no Godzilla? It's like, whoo, I, huh. I, I could just make music, you know? Yes, that's what I was on screen is like yes by all means there's no legacy don't worry about your backpack it's all Take fresh your you know oh it's all fresh yeah i mean it must be like i said it must be just nice to come off of like these big huge movies to just be like oh now i could just fucking you know i could just do oh we're doing zombies and we're doing a heist we're doing like crazy high yeah. shit let's do this fuck yeah well, i mean and also, Army of the Dead is is not an orchestral score at all. You know, it's all uh, it's all really weird sound design and and weird electronic uh, elements that go with it. So I, I I also, to be really honest, just between us, I needed a break from the orchestra for a second there. Oh, I'm sure. And then, and then, so my idea for that movie completely matched again with what Zach was looking for. So it was like, whew, yeah. okay, let's do something like more underground and cool, you know, right. with a cool sound sign and really, really awesome vocals that I recorded for it, uh, for the kind of like eerie horror kind of uh, thing. But it's really like a fun movie. and it, But it has a, a heart to it. it. It's like, um, I, I I know people think they're going to be seeing a zombie movie with um, with, uh, but there's something really interesting happening in the movie. I cannot tell you what that is because it's going to give something away. But um, you're, going to, you're going to be surprised when you see it. Uh, the way that you look at things, it's kind of like, oh, I, th I I'm sure I'm in Team Kong, and then at a certain point, wait, did I just switch to Team Godzilla? What the fuck happens? You know. <laughs> So, so love it. There is something happening like that in uh, in Army of the Dead. Mm, God, I'm intrigued. God, see, you're saying all the right things right now, Tom. Man, I'm like, take another shot and say some more things. No, but uh, you know, you know what's funny is like one of the like going back to Hans Zimmer. I thought one of his like underrated um, scores that he did that a lot of people don't talk about, and it was kind of like different from what he usually did was when he scored mission impossible two i thought he took like a, a a drastic like change from what he usually did and it was a lot of like guitar drums and it, it, 
I love that score. I mean, yeah, the, the movie's like not as well received as like, you know, in the franchise, but that score, there's something about that score that has like a different, like it's a rock and roll, like, you know, it's almost, I don't know if you're, are you familiar with the Mission Impossible 2 score? Yeah, yeah I mean, there's, it, it's unique, right? I mean, it's unique. No, but that's but that's that's the true power of of um, Hans uh, for yeah. ma for many years. That um, the moment he came to LA and he started doing films, he was you know he single handedly changed the way that we now look at film scoring. I yeah, mean, totally. I mean, but when when Hans came to town, everybody was still used to like. Uh, the Danny Alfman and the Silvestri and, and the John Williams type scoring. And then Hans came in and he said, no, I'm going to use an arpeggiator on the synthesizer. We're going to do and we're going to do something like that. And so that was very unique. And, um, and, and he's my dog is barking. One second. <laughs> oh, we got the dog barking. Just like, you know, like, see, okay. there you go. Dog, okay, guys. dog's gonna make yeah. a cameo. Hey, what's the dog's name? What's the dog's name? It's a dog's yeah. name. <laughs> it doesn't matter how successful you are as a composer, but when a dog barks, you got it. What, what, what's the dog's name? Sorry, what? What's the dog's name? Enzo. Enzo. Like Enzo Ferrari. I like it. Ah, there you go. Like Enzo Ferrari. I love it. It was funny because uh, last week I had Fabian Wagner, of course, the cinematographer on, on Zack Snyder's Justice League. And at the very end of the interview, one of his chickens made it a fucking cameo. He had a chicken. Like I we kept, I, I started hearing this, ah, 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 like what was it? And then all of a sudden he was just like, and I'm like, is that your dog? And he goes, no, it's one of my chickens. And I was like, okay, awesome. I love the fact that one of your chickens just made a, a nice little cameo at the end of the interview. I love that. Fucking love that. So, okay. So we got, um, so army of the dead and, uh, I mean, man, it is just, a it's, it's a pretty exciting year for both you and, uh, Zack Snyder. Um, uh, do you want to stick around, Tom? We've got some people that might like join in. I don't know how much time you have. It's up to you. It's like nine thirty. I've got like another ten minutes or so, and then I gotta jump on a on a, another call to take care of some shit. Okay, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. Um, you know, I just because uh, usually with the with the vodka stream, I just you know some other people like end up showing up um, just with the panel, and maybe they're like ask a couple of questions, so we'll invite them in. But uh, um, uh, one of the things too, um, you know, with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, um. I mean, just talk about just um, the fact that, I mean, when it comes to like HBO Max, and that's something I, I, I ask a lot of people too, like like guests that come on here. The fact that, I mean, with the whole pandemic and everything and theaters closed, especially like the biggest markets like here in California. I mean, I have a movie theater that's like 1.6 miles away from me that I used to go like every week, can't go now, you know. And it, it almost seemed like when it came to HBO Max, the only alternative was to just be like, hey, okay, so some theaters are open. If you want to go, go. But if you but if you don't want to, hey, subscribe right here and you can watch it on the same day in the comfort of your home. Uh, when that whole thing came out with HBO Max, like how did how did you feel about it when uh with that whole, you know, the dual release, I guess you could say. Well, I, I don't wanna, you know, I'm in um I'm in a, a tough situation because, you know, I, I work with directors, I work with studio yeah. and everything. So 
Um, I, I do have like uh, my own personal opinion about what uh, potentially could work or not work. Um, but I do, um, and I do want to. I do not want to share that in detail. But I, okay. I do. I, I do feel that um, it's great that there. Uh, different types of opportunities for people to um, watch a movie in the environment that they feel the most comfortable in. Yeah. Uh, so some people love the theater uh, and love the noise in the room and the popcorn and and oh and that the, the, smell and, of the popcorn is what I and, miss. And and, and 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 you know kids sitting behind you that get super excited and kick you in the back mostly. So you, <laughs> like that, you know, uh, we've all been there and other people, you know, just like to hang on the couch as a slouch and, and, and just uh, put their big screen on with the five, one, uh, surround set and just blast it in their own home with a, a glass of wine with their own made popcorn. And, yeah. uh, it, it's actually great that, um, in a way that is, uh, that is, you know, doable right now. And actually a lot of people also find it enjoyable. Of course, a lot of yeah. people miss the social aspect of going to a theater and hanging yeah. with friends and then going to a bar afterwards. It's like, man, oh, man. like analyze the movie. And I mean, there's something really classic about that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's great that people people have options and people have choices, you know, whatever works for them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's I mean, that's what it is for me. I love I mean, I I'll go to the movies by myself. I love going by. I, I turn my phone off. You know, I, I mean, even if I don't get popcorn, I love the smell of popcorn when I'm walking down and I'm seeing all the marquees and I'm walking to the theater and I'm seeing all the different posters uh, you know, it's just some, there's really just something about it. But uh, we've got a couple of guys coming in here. We got Mr. Scott McClellan and we got John Garza. What's up? Oh, yeah, sorry, Tom. Go ahead. A quick, a quick question. Okay. Oh, perfect. One sweet popcorn. No, I like Ugh. salt. I like uh, salt. Salt. I mean, salt. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Salt. salt. It's so. all about salt, right? Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> okay, so yeah, hey, Tom, your company here. Yeah, Tom. Well, well, I, I want to say thank you for uh, for everything you've done. But uh, I was going to ask you because you're a drummer, correct? Like that—that that was oh, your whole thing, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, 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 so, I since very young. Yeah. So, as a former drummer, and the only reason why I stopped drumming is because I was in a motorcycle accident. Lady hit me head on. Shatter my leg in five places, my right leg, so I can't do the double bass anymore. Uh, not like anything that you know is professional, but in fear factory, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no. But you know what, though, like if you if you listen to Tool, like that double bass, oh, I don't know Jesus how Christ, Danny Carey, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea how he keeps the rhythm on the bass Dude. and then does things with the cymbals. It just that, that guy it, it blows insane. my mind. Danny Carey. Um, is other thing man. but i was gonna i was gonna ask you as a as a drummer as a you know and, and somebody that also produces music as well i do my best when i first heard your theme i took it and i kind of reassembled it and i, I did some kind of things with it and how do you like being a drummer is it more difficult to come up with melodies and motifs and 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 themes well, or is I, it like is it better I actually uh, i i play nine instruments so i i, I okay. started drummer but then i started as a drummer when i was six or seven i got my first drum kit but then by the time i was eight nine i started taking piano lessons by the time the time i was 11 i started playing guitar when oh, i was wow. 14, i started playing bass and, and and 
and, and right now I play the violin, viola, I play uh, the stand-up bass, uh, I play uh, a bunch of like um, Persian uh, percussion instruments, which is a whole different technique than than actually uh, a drummer drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, and I studied a lot of music for the last twenty years. Mm. So it, it's it's. Um, uh, but I do have to say that my my focus always gears towards rhythm first. And then I was like, exactly. stop doing that. Uh, <laughs> I know. I because I said that. I literally said that in her chat. I was like, because I know for me, like I'm all about rhythm, and that's all it is. And then I'm like, fuck, like I can never come up with a melody because I'm like. Well, no, does it go with my rhythm? And the yeah. only last thing I'm going to ask before Scott gets in there is, how does it feel to have, uh, <laughs> to be able to say that Wonder Woman only has one theme? <laughs> how does it feel? <laughs> the, 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 the thing is, like, <laughs> as soon as you hear, exactly. God. Uh, where do you go from there? Let's just exactly. Don't, don't exactly. <laughs> so beautiful. It's so beautiful. But we're also going to, we're going to, speaking of Wonder Woman, we got Wonder Meg and we got Steven joining too. Oh, so, hey. Yeah. Hello. Welcome to the Film Junkie Lounge, okay, everybody. <laughs> well, by the way, you, you, you like, you threw out your like TomHolkenberg.com. That means we all got a drink because when you plug yeah, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's that's one down. of the things that we do on here, Tom, is anytime we promote ourselves, we drink. Oh, very good. There you go. Well, there you go. Tom, um, I wanted to bring up something because the first time I ever was familiar with you was amazing because in 2004, my love of crooning and Sinatra-esque music and comic book movies kind of came together because this was the first CD I ever bought that had your name on it, which was your remix of Michael <laughs> Buble doing the Spider-Man theme. And I still play this to this day. I love this thing. How did you get involved in doing like what was your process in being involved in this? Because I love this single so much. <laughs> so it's interesting because uh, Michael Bublé with Dave, David Foster did a very classic rendition of the Spider Man song. And uh, they sent it to Fox. And then Fox came to me and he said, listen. Uh, we have a song by Michael Bublé and uh, Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man, but boy, it sounds old. You know, <laughs> is, is there a way to spice this up? And then uh, they sent it to me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll pick it apart and 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 do something else with it." And um, so, uh, and this was actually. When I was not really deep into film scoring yet, this was actually uh, Tom Junkie XL, the remix artist. You know, so <laughs> I was actually remixing the song. I was not really attached to the movie or the composer or doing a scene. It was purely like, uh, can you remix this song to make it a little bit more contemporary? And you succeeded very well. I have to, I'll toot, I'll toot your horn for you there. Um, I also, because I think it's because it's just the movie it's attached to. I also want to give you a lot of props for your Dark Tower score. It was, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful score. And for me personally, it was the first time that I really grasped your ability to do something a little bit more orchestral and melodic. And I have, 
putting the movie aside, I have adored that score since I first listened to it. And I just don't think you get enough props for it. And I wanted you to know there's somebody out there who <laughs> loves that score and wanted you to know that. Thank you so much. Bob. You, 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 you did bring up a very interesting point. And, and the point being is like um, when you said that was the first time that you were able to discover some of your orchestral melodic movements. Keep in mind that most modern directors don't want that. They oh, don't. Wow. They, they okay. would never hire uh, John Williams to do a score. Wow. You know, it's it's like well, it's because, Spielberg. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But I mean, like, like, listen. Um, John Williams is one of the most brilliant composers uh, ever lived, and will be for a very long time. If, if uh, you know, if if. Uh, God saves us, but you know it will happen at a certain point. And when, when he's gone, it's an end of an era because mm -hmm. nobody comes close to to his level of approach. But he was able to keep doing that because he did iconic scores with Star Wars and a very iconic with ET and very iconic again with uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, and Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. And so since. Movies are still being made. People are still longing for that original sound or original original uh, thematics, and so uh, Ludwig is trying to wean away oh, from man. that with the, yes. the, the, the with the Mandalorian. And so, <clears throat> I had a similar problem with uh, Mad Max when I said, like, uh, to George, "How much do you want me to honor uh, like this melodic approach from Marie Char or even?" Uh, Brian May, not to be confused with the guitar player from Queen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and he said, no, 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 forget about that stuff. That was then, you know? And, and so what's really interesting, even with uh, James Cameron, with George Miller, and with um, P um, uh, Peter Jackson, you know, it's one of those three iconic, you know, uh, filmmakers. And so they said to me in so many words, not literally, uh, <laughs> it's like, um, you know, they're pushing their filmmaking uh, constantly into new areas with techniques and with everything that goes with it, motion capture, CGI. I mean, uh, Peter Jackson is one of the most uh, forefront leading uh, CGI companies in New Zealand called Weta Digital. There's like five, yep. six people working there. The most brilliant people in the world. Um, James Cameron has been pushing uh, motion capture um, uh, video. He did it first on Avatar, but what he did with Alita was just like mm -hmm. crazy. Working, you know, the face of that girl when she wakes up is like yes. what? Yes. Yes. breathtaking. Yeah, and and so. If they had five hundred million dollars to to finish that film, <laughs> you, you couldn't even tell her apart from a real human being. The eyes that are the size of a soccer ball. But uh, <laughs> but um, and and then there's George that did the same with Fury Road. You know, just like what we uh, discussed earlier t uh, tonight is like it's kind of like insane that a 72 year old director just puts all these young action movie directors to shame, you know, by releasing Mad Max is like, okay guys, I'm sorry, but this is an action movie. You know? And so, um, 
Um, but nevertheless, what they, so they're pushing all this tech, technical forefront, and then they look at the at their composer, and what has the composer has to offer? The orchestra, a sound that has been there since 1750. And, <laughs> and, that, and, and so, and that is a hard thing to swallow, you know, mm -hmm. for a lot of directors, and especially new directors don't want any of that. Sometimes when you play a like Tim Miller, for instance, he has. He is allergic to melodies. I remember <laughs> when, I on, on, when I worked in Terminator, uh, you know, yeah, right, Terminator. I, I would play like a melody and he's like, what's that? And I said, <laughs> that's the theme. It's like, take it out. I hate that shit. <laughs> he, he didn't want to hear the Terminator theme, the, the thumbs up theme. Like that wasn't like a prerequisite for doing the right. theme. Like, because he, he also, you know, so this is the only movie um, <laughs> where I thought, we needed to recognize uh, the theme. theme because mm -hmm. it, it was it was a James Cameron script. He produced it, uh, and it was number three in a row of two that are already out with Brad Fidel's score. So the ta da 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 I thought it was a so recognizable. Yeah. I've played yeah, a few times in this uh, in this film, but. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only time that I thought, I think we should quote what was originally intended, you know? Um, yeah. But um, other than that, I stick by my story that I said earlier tonight. It's like, when you take, <laughs> on, when, 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 when you take on yes. a, a reboot of a franchise or a reboot of a new character, you just got to come up with your own stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Would, you, would, would you be doing that with James Bond? Like, you know, how Hans kind of took that theme over and... <laughs> with No Time to Die. I mean, what would you do then if it was James Bond? Well, James Bond is like, oh, oh, did you guys ever see uh, <laughs> a, a, a YouTube video about the guy who actually wrote the, do you know the guy who wrote the, the James big band? Theme? Yeah, the big band theme? Or, no, no, no. Or, the big, the big yeah. band is what we know. And, and, yeah, yeah. Uh -oh. But the guy who actually wrote the theme his guy, this guy was an English composer. Um, um, oh shit! Now I'm I'm blanking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, what the fuck are you guys doing to me? I, hey, this is what the panel is about. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean <laughs> to stump you. you no, know, no, you're talking about Monty Norman. Yeah, 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 that's it. Okay, <laughs> Look, it's composer, Scott. of course. <laughs> it's what I do. I mean, and, and, uh, and uh, one of the questions, uh, one of the question people that uh, we got, Mister uh, Krypton Cage, joining too. Just letting you know what's going on, buddy. What up? Hey, hey how are you, Tom? Yeah, as Tom is looking up that right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the, uh, the Fat Filter guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I told him. I told him that Fat Filter is my favorite yeah. too. Because I, yeah, we both we both use Fat Filter, so that's why I was like, oh, okay, right, you were yes. a DJ Surprising. too. Oh, okay, so, okay, so one thing about the Monty Norman. So Monty Norman, he was a he was a, a, a composer guy who got hired on Doctor No, um, <laughs> and he was hired on an Indian movie prior to oh. that and he was fired because the music was so ridiculously bad <laughs> that's when the broccoli family thought let's get the guy who wrote bad music for wow. an indian movie and got fired let's hire him on james bond what could potentially go wrong so um so he wrote the theme 
and it, it 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 didn't sound all that great. And that <laughs> they then turned into uh, you know the big band arrangements, and that's what mm -hmm. we now know, and it's super iconic. But when you see the YouTube video of him Monty explaining why he wrote the theme, so the dun 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 you see him play that on the piano four times slower and he's seeing the lyrics on top of it of the of what the singer was supposed to sing is like la 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 and he says and that's how i wrote this incredible theme thank you john barry that's funny and meg did you have a question that you want to ask i don't i'm just enjoying this conversation it's so cool what about you Stephen, Stephen, um, I don't want to take over for anyone. I'm, I'm actually talking yeah. to him in a couple of weeks, so. Oh, oh big, uh, big shot already, yeah. Yes, the big fucking yeah. shot. Take a drink, dude. Cheers, Holy cheers for that one right there. <laughs> okay, hey, what's fine. I mean, so if nobody then, else is so going to jump so in. Then, no, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> so fine. Garza if you're gonna have... go, yeah, if you're going to go that route, fine. That's cool. I do want to ask this because I know you brought it up earlier. When you were saying that you kind of like got a fresh start on the the Snyder or the the Justice, Justice League. League score, yeah. like it, are you talking about like okay you did your music for potentially what a three hour film? Is that did you do it to where you were like all right well I'm starting from scratch so now I'm literally writing four hours of music or was it like an hour and a half worth of of new material that you wrote? Oh, oh it's it's all from scratch. So, so it's all from scratch. Wow. Well, wow. Wow. So what what I what I did was like you're not going to start immediately on a movie that's like four hours long, four and a half hours. It's like oh, well, let's start at the beginning and see what happens. Next. <laughs> right. You know. So you watch the movie multiple times, multiple times. It's like mm -hmm. okay, I need something for Batman, and yeah. it needs to work in these kind of things. Okay, I need to expand on Wonder Woman, and it needs to work in these kind of things. And then, um, yeah, you know what? If Zach can preview shit, why can I not preview? Exactly. Exclusive. Fucking brilliance! What just happened? I, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I lost you guys. I went to uh, some commercial break in the stream or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got some drops, man. I got some drops. <laughs> so if I play stuff on iTunes, I so you should be able to hear it through my microphone. So I think so. Yeah. Uh, let me, let's oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, oh. Let's see.
And that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is the bad signal right for you. Oh, 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 oh man. Jeez. Oh, that was awesome. And I, yeah. By the way, I love how you yeah. I love how you rubbed it in the face that you have you've watched the film multiple times. Yeah. Just <laughs> like, like I was like, oh, okay, cool, man. Okay. That's cool. Maybe, yeah. maybe maybe I wasn't clear is that I watched the movie a bunch of times. Can I can I ask this question though? Like, how vindicated is that? Because I know, like, like I get it. When when you and I understand the loyalty, I get it because loyalty is something you can't buy. That is something that you know what is earned, and when you earn it and it's there, it's you you just feel that way. And so, like for for you to get that call, like, hey, guess what? <laughs> uh, you remember 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 the whole thing we were doing? Uh, guess what? Let's let's uh, let's start it over. How about that? You down? Like, what was that? Fe- what was that vindication? Like, what did it feel like? Well. Uh, I mean, uh, needless to say, it's like, uh, and th- this is what I pointed out in um, in the original social media message that I mm-hmm. threw out. It's like, um, I think I said it in so many words. It's like, um, uh, <laughs> my good friends and mentor yep. Zimmer told me once that um, you're not going to be part of the true Hollywood inner cycle if you don't get fired. <laughs> of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I guess I graduated today, you know. <laughs> so it, it 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 never feels good that um, you you get kicked out, you know. Besides the fact that I already decided the day before that it, I was mm-hmm. not going to go for it because my loyalty is with Zach. But um, besides that, it 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 doesn't necessarily feel uh, feel good. So. Because of the power of the fence, which means uh, you, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm gonna. I I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna yeah. clear that out. I'm, I'm totally gonna put that in there, man. I'm drinking to that. I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna add that quote, just like you know, Junkie XL. Just call me you, yeah. motherfucker. I, yeah, I, can, yeah, I, can, I can live with that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but I mean that in the most uh, terms. Absolutely. Endearing. I, I appreciate I, it. I love so, it, actually. So, <laughs> because of the passion that we share you know, on, in, in the online community, um, you know, uh, this massive movie company, Warner Brothers, just like decided, just like, maybe we should, we should finish this motherfucker. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, to say in the in the lingo, uh, you know, um, but uh, that is pretty unique. And so when you get that phone call, I actually knew already uh, <laughs> in uh, November nineteen that this thing was going to get finished. Oh, rough. Oh. Oh, so you were lying to Screen Rant? Because uh, <laughs> right. uh, Stephen, 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 bring it up. Come on, bring it up, Stephen. You told us that you're cut, that you had written the score and then you rewrote it. So I don't see. I don't see. <laughs> well, I, 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 as far as I know, I, I know I didn't say officially when I. It's not officially. Officially, I knew like May, but I was in the works, and that they were talking about budgets and you know all that kind of stuff. All the logistics, yeah. But basically, did you, did you, basically, basically uh, 
asked, I was asked in the in November 19, December 19, it's like, Tom, what would it take to finish Justice League? <laughs> so, uh, okay, here's the plan. This is what it would take. Wow. And you had to, you had to have used Man of Steel's themes, right? I mean, Superman. Yeah, I did. I did because you know the yeah. thing. The thing is that uh, when I listened to the the um, okay, on a personal note, there were things <laughs> the original Justice League score that were great, but um, for me that score became tainted because mm -hmm. I was I was booted off, and so yeah. by by working on that music then. And keep in mind, though, as Zach had said a few days ago in, I think it was Vanity Fair. Did you guys read that interview? Yeah, in yeah absolutely, yes. So uh, he was very explicit what 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 happened. And uh, I'm not going to elaborate on any of that. But uh, what, uh, what I will say, though, is that... Um, um, I had a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth how, you know, that that this potentially uh, all was going down. And um, and I felt like the music that was created was like from that time period. And now you know, there's end of the light of the tunnel. There's a new day. The sun is shining. You know, just like we still live in uh, the COVID madness. But uh, for me, this was like uh, a light. It's like, Fuck! This is great to work. You know, even though I'm this in this shitty situation and I can't see anybody because you know, I'm in the risk group. You know, over over <laughs> fifty, and I'm 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 smoking, so I, I maybe, maybe maybe I'm fine, but I don't want to test it out. You know, so I, I'm I, I'm uh, just staying very safe. Um, and so um, this was like for me like a, a blessing. It's just like man, I can work on this for the next seven months. And so uh, the year that looked so dark in March and April became so bright the first week oh. of May when the, 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 it was all, all lights green. You know, let's finish this thing. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> and so uh, I just wanted to start over almost. Mm -hmm. and like because of, because of all that. So mm -hmm. it made it easier to let's do this again. Let's do this with fresh perspective. And also, my career is still relatively young. My first Hollywood movie came out in 13. And um, no, 14, actually. Uh, who's going to help me out? Three on the Rise of an Empire? Was that? I'm on it. Oh, I saw it in theaters. I'm just trying to remember. I was married. So it was, it was after Jeez. 13. I'm just remembering 2014. You were right, sir. Okay. <laughs> so I, I now need to remember you when you got married. Or uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so um, yeah. So it's it's only it's only been barely seven years. So mm -hmm. um, so you grow a lot as a as a composer and experiences and everything that goes with it in in that time period. So um, I also wanted to start over purely from a, a creative point of view. So I have a question for you, Tom, uh, if I may ask. So um, you've worked on different projects and you always have this unique uh, type of music that you create for every single project, right? So some are synth-based and some are orchestral. 
uh, I wanted to know that when you join a new project, what's your thinking um, and how do you choose your soundscape for uh, you know, each character or each movie? How, what elements to use and what instruments to use? How do you choose that? Well, I mean, um, I might have an idea what, uh, what I want to do, but then obviously um, you always talk with your director, you know, just like what he is envisioning. So usually um, there's a, it's different when you work with uh, reoccurring directors uh, because you have, uh, for instance, uh, Sek and I uh, know each other for eight years now. You know, and so we're very close, and and we have a lot of phone calls on the sides that have nothing to do with work or text messages, and so um, you you it, it's different when when you get hired on a new movie, let's say Godzilla versus Kong, where I worked with uh, Adam Wingard for uh, Legendary, uh, that was a new director that I never worked with before, and so you you want to know when that person picks you. Why did why did you pick me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. you know uh, I love this and I love that. And and in in his case, he is the biggest fan of Elvis. He he looks like mm. Elvis from nineteen sixty seven. back tour, and he said, "Man." When you did a little less conversation, it <laughs> went on. That was he it. You were talking about Elvis and Elvis and Elvis. And yeah. I said, uh, uh, great to talk about Elvis. But <laughs> fast forward 19 years, and I'm sitting in this office with you about Godzilla versus Kong. Are, 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 are we not going to discuss that at all? And he said, no, 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 let's go to this movie. So, wow. so uh, that's when I found out that he... He loved uh, classic monster scores. He loves the John Carpenter. Ooh, uh, oh, yes. And he loves Elvis. So um, we tried in the, the score of Godzilla versus Kong to find a symbiose between what made Elvis great, what made the classic mm -hmm. monster movies great, what made John Carpenter great. And when you guys are going to see the movie and you're going to hear the score, it's a mix of those three things. That's so wow. funny. So that's basically how it works when you when you meet somebody. So, um, for instance, um, um, Peter Jackson had a really strong interest in working with me um, after seeing Mad Max and hearing uh, the unfinished score for Alita. Oh wow! wow okay. So, so um, yeah, and th and then when you sit there, that's what he's going to talk about. So he's not necessarily. He says, "Oh, by the way, I really loved Deadpool, and I laughed my ass off." But that's <laughs> what I want for this movie, just to be clear. <laughs> you know? So, so would yeah, you I say that? So, yeah. would you say on record at least? I feel like because I, I know a lot of people keep asking in the comments, but. You know, obviously, we're going to have the Man of Steel score, or at least the the two notes that Hans Zimmer kind of created in Man of Steel. But yeah, Man of Steel come, uh, the Man of Steel theme comes back, and it, 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 it there's one um, um, uh, version of Man of Steel I'm super super happy with, uh, which mm. is uh, uh, it's somewhere in the end of the movie where his theme that is played on a cello in the original 
uh, Man of Steel, it's now playing back as like a rock band with brass on. Mm. Um, oh, wow. wow. Really cool. Yes. Wow. yes. Nice. But that's that's the only thing that you'll probably be you know playing like no BVS because B- Batman's got a new theme right so no well I guess <laughs> Wonder Woman Batman Wonder is Woman all, uh, yeah. so Wonder Woman is all new except for the da 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 the rest the rest of her music is completely completely different. Okay. Nice. I know you said you were um, enjoying the reactions to the crew at uh, War Power. Um, I hope you appreciate that there is, um, I think most people that I, I interact with, like yeah. they wake, like you said that um, you consider it like an anthem, like a national anthem or something. And I wanted to reassure you that there are people who, who are waking up to that song. Yeah. They, I, I think, I think I am yeah. now listening to that song instead of drinking coffee in the morning at this point. Yeah. Um, I am, yeah. I am both my dishwasher to that song. Yeah. Damn, yeah. those dishes are clean. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It makes it the most epic thing you've ever done. When you, you, you listen to the song, you do was, When I was setting all this up, I was listening to that. <laughs> now, now, Tom, did you, is that, is that part of the new thing that you came up with or is that part of like, your old no, 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 that's that's part of the new thing. And I'm, okay, sweet. I, I'm, I'm actually gonna play you now the Uh-oh. the the slower guessing rendition of that same thing. There we go. Okay, here we go. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. The the oh. only thing I can think of is that Zach must be really jealous right now because he only played like a little <laughs> yeah. split of, yeah. like <laughs> music. Seriously, that is. Uh, he's, that, the, that was, he's the director. 
I'm the music guy. <laughs> you got you got to one up them. You got to. Oh my god, that is some beautiful That's fucking gorgeous. Music. Oh so good. Does this play during the uh, you know when the league is on top of the um, nuclear plant at the end? Because this sounds like it plays during that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. He could tell you, but then he's gonna kill you. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, right. That's what's gonna happen. Zach's gonna show up behind him and be like, "Hey, don't say anything." <laughs> hey, don't no, so so. But I didn't but realize Damon Caro getting his next snap. Yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> in a way, though, that's kind of a that's a non-answer giving us an answer. So then I'll ask this question because uh, because somebody at my my co-host asked me, he was like, "Hey, ask him. Hey, is there any future project that you might be working on with Zach in the future that might not have been announced?" Not at this point. Okay. See, so because if that was the case, you would have been like, well, "I can't answer." Well, have you have you talked to him about, or uh, or do you know if if what you you're doing for Army is at all inspiring what's happening with the uh, the prequel movie or the animated series that they're doing for um, in the Army universe? I'm doing those as well. Oh, okay, awesome. awesome. Okay. Oh. Were you in, were, were you involved with that uh, Judy Garland remix? Because that was fucking phenomenal. <laughs> like whoever made that track for the trailer. It was great. No, no, no. I, it's just so it's so it, it, it it's great you bring this up. Is that um, um, when people see trailers, they would sometimes say, "Oh, Tom's yeah. music is so awesome here." Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very rare <laughs> that a composer actually scores the actual trailer. Usually, a trailer has a very distinctive sound and uh, mm -hmm. and distinctive composers that 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 do that, and it has a. A unique approach uh, to things. I've done a, uh, I've done trailers for Three and the Rise of an Empire. I did the last batch of trailers for Fury Road. I did two trailers for Man of Steel. I did two trailers for Batman versus Superman. Jesus. But most of the movies that came after that were all uh, licensed music or mm. other artists doing it. Or, uh, trailer composers. So for the um, uh, the Justice League uh, previews and yeah. uh, sneak previews and 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 uh, the trailer that came out, I had nothing uh, nothing to do with. Okay, but uh, the, um, obviously there was the fandom thing that got released mm -hmm. uh, last year that featured the crew at Warpower uh, a section. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. That was and, yours. And I filmed a little intro in my studio upstairs mm -hmm. in a small little room. <laughs> you know? uh, and, um, uh, and and so um, so that was featured there. But um, the trailer that came out uh, does not have uh, my music in it. This the the, um, the sneak preview that came out uh, today on ING for Godzilla Kong, that is right. obviously my score that is playing there. The, yeah. That's the Godzilla <laughs> that you're hearing there. Well, I was going to ask you on your on your war, the, the crew at War Power, I don't know, just me, maybe because it's the musician to me, but I could have sworn that it was almost, it felt like it was the beginning, like the two minutes into it was inspired by like the 
Batman warehouse scene where there was a couple, mm-hmm. there's a couple elements that you kind of utilized in that Batman warehouse scene that you pulled into this scene. I don't know. Is that is that what you did? Well, or? The, 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 the crew at War Power has like um, uh, elements on it that come from different characters. And so mm-hmm. uh, the, eventually it becomes this uh, national anthem type thing, you know, what I just played in this orchestral rendition. You can almost hear that as being a national anthem to, you know, to, uh, to a country, if you will. Uh, and um, um, but Batman is the one that instigates this whole process, you know, just like getting these people together. So uh, he was already looking for that, if you remember, in uh, Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, um, you know, the, the, the post-apocalyptic uh, calyptic, like vision that he has, you know, mm. um, you mean so, Joker's theme, right? Yeah. Joker's theme? Say if you wrote new music, is there any Joker in there? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the, the... Oh, okay, okay. I'm talking about Batman versus Superman in the second. <laughs> oh. in the second. Okay, and I, I just wanted to say this right now, too. Uh, um, Mr. Uh, Zack Snyder wanted to drop by today. He just sent me a message. He's um, doing a little birthday thing, and he said to tell you hi, Tom. And <laughs> right there, like he's like literally told me, he said, "Tell him hi." So I'm saying, Jack says hi right now. Yeah, if you want to message him too, yeah, so, yeah. I just he so wanted to relay that message before he left right now. Okay. <laughs> like, I was hoping it was gonna drop drop by, but yeah. It is okay. A, let, me, let me let me text him back. Dave yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Wow. He's like, tell him hi. And I'm like, I'm gonna tell him hi. <laughs> Dude, Dave, Junkie and Zach are texting about you. I know, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally. <laughs> that's uh that's unreal, man. Yeah, he, he, he's texting about you. <laughs> but I got called a motherfucker, so you know what? That just that means more. That's like the, that's like the, the pinnacle. Uh, yeah. that, that's a, that's another thing that uh, I remember. Um, I had a meeting with uh, with Zach, and then uh, at a certain point, you know, uh, we were talking about something, and then I said to him, "It's like whoever came up with the fucking saying less is more is a fucking idiot." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep. So th- was that your was that your reaction when you were like Zach? Uh, the fucking film's four hours. Are you serious? Like, dude, what are you like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, what? It's four hours, bro. Like, what? What? What are we doing here? Like, what was your reaction when you were like four hours? Like, because you were prepared to start over. Like, I get that. And you were like, you know what, Zach? Let's start well, over. No, cool. I mean, you know, two and a half hours. That's fine. But yeah, four I'm, hours? No. When he said about like I'm working on this four hour thing, and I said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it goes back to the quote he said on your show, Garza, which says, "I shoot notoriously long." Yeah. Have you seen yeah. my movies? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. listen, you know what's interesting? When I said early on in the interview today, I said, "Like this is my Mount Everest." You know that our records, this is the longest film score ever to come out. There it is! Wow, wow. Really? wow. It's, it's a publicly, it's a Guinness Book of Records. But, oh, wow. but um, yeah, you would say potentially, but what about a composer that does like, let's say uh, Game of Thrones that is like, 
what one season of 10 episodes is like mm -hmm. typically 10 hours of music, right? Well, it's still structured as a TV show in separate episodes where every episode ends with a very clear cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. And then you can stop watching if you want to pick it up a week later, you know, as it used to be with like shows like 24 or the West Wing, or, you know, these old school shows, right? On, on, on the cable show. And now you can, you can binge watch them. But even Game of Thrones back in the day, you had to wait for a week, right? You know, mm -hmm. to be able to see this thing. Um, so the way that you approach an episode is technically a mini movie of an hour, you know? And, <laughs> and the cable shows are completely different because they have commercial breaks. So you constantly need to create mm -hmm. cliff, you know, remember the CSI shows or something mm -hmm. like that, or even 24, which I still think to date, the concept of 24 is fucking brilliant, right? So, so did you, uh, did you, did you write new uh, nightmare world? Yeah, that's know, what, music? That's, obviously, that's a question. You know, right there, yeah, yeah, because you, you guys came up with the something. Joker, for, does Joker uh, get a get yeah, a theme? Something. To say anything about oh, it. Oh, but we, know, we already know we already know Joker's in it, so you could say if you made a theme or not, like right? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a, at the end of the day, it's like we already know about it. It's just yeah, but well, it, just it, it, take a know, drink. It's, take it's, a drink and then we'll answer. It's so great that you guys know about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you're not going to answer that what you were just talking about i think was interesting um i know at a couple different points in time it kind of went back and forth this movie is if it was going to be released as a in installments or like as a as a series did that ever influence the way you did music for it or was the music always designed as a film um and then it would have just been chopped up into, into the, bite, it, like, the instruction of sack was very clear consider it a movie mm -hmm. yeah okay. not four different not four different installments, whatever. Mm -hmm. Always a movie. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's awesome. So Joker theme. Good. <laughs> yeah. right, cool. Seriously. Yeah. There's also there's also one more um, score that came out during the old Justice League. Uh, it was in one of the promos. It was called uh, Hope Never Dies. So I hear some of the um, Superman themes uh, in that uh, from Man of Steel, but it seems like it's your rendition. Um, <laughs> Would that be yours, or was it just uh, temp music? Sorry, ask your question one more time. In um, during the old Justice League promos, there was a theme called uh, Hope Never Dies. So there was a short clip released. So was that your score? From, from the old Justice League? Yeah. The yeah. Only, during the trailers. Uh, oh, the only no, the only trailer that I did for the old. Uh, oh, I actually did most of the trailers for the old uh, Justice League movie, and that was a collaboration between me and Gary Clark Jr. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, I, I meant to bring that up. Yeah, come together, um, and then um, that, that. So that's that. So um, I never did uh, any orchestral renditions. Uh, for let's consider self promo, right? Yeah, so, that's there, there, you right there. there, there you go. Yes, props. <laughs> Jesus, 
how how awesome was it to work with Gary Clark Jr.? I mean, that 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 man is fucking talented. That, that dude is so cool. It's oh like God. he's so he's so chill. Um, yeah. he, he's like, are you guys familiar with his music at all? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's like he what? he this he, the the so actually credit to Zach. He wanted to work with this artist. He's in love with this guy. And so he sent me a link, and that was a link to a song that was not out when he sent me the link. And it's a song that's called Numb. Mm-hmm. And, and he, man, he just sounds like, uh, man, let's, let's play this motherfucker. We're chilling. We're chilling. Let's play some fucking music. Why not? Uh, let's see. Uh, Gary Clark Jr. Uh, here we go. And so did. Uh, oh, here we go. But listen to his guitar sounds, and then when his vocals come in, it's like. Oh, dude. I mean, it's. it's... Good. It's like so good. Hendrix right there, man. That, that's what I think the Hendrix, a modern day Hendrix. He fucking yeah. oh, man, that lazy sounding soul black mm-hmm. voice. It's God. Like, but, he's, yes. but he's super versatile because he also does like gospel type songs. Yes. And but this this track when I heard it, and that was before the album came out, it also it kind of reminds you a little bit of like Come Together, right? The riff that yeah. we had. Yeah. It has that same bluesy mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. vibe to it. Uh, man, this guy's great. And he's, yeah, he was playing, he was he's playing like, here he's in Austin. He's a basketball player tall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was here in Austin last night, I think. Like literally well, playing, a, playing a show, yeah, in Austin. Uh, he was playing at some downtown location, but, you know. COVID, Damn. so it's not <laughs> it, it's not like I knew about it. Otherwise, I would have gone and seen him. But oh, I would love yeah. to see him live. I would love to see him live. My God. That was the best part about the vinyl was that it came with the extended version, which you got even like lo- like three more minutes of guitar riffs that were fantastic. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask. My, my beloved motherfuckers. I said it. <laughs> now it's yes, an app but I actually need to make that phone call. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I know. Hey, I, Tom, I appreciate you sticking with us for uh, so long. We, we've been having a lot of fun. Oh, great. Yeah. So cheers. Yeah, cheers, cheers to you, man. I appreciate you coming. I want you to come back and we'll chill yeah. again. We'll have some drinks and relax and just like, you know what? An army of the dead, maybe. I don't know. But I appreciate you uh, joining the Vodka stream tonight. And uh, yeah, make that phone call. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you're feeling pretty good and everything. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my girlfriend just canceled uh, for tomorrow night. So 8 o'clock Pacific time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. 
God, I love this guy. All right. Tom Hulkenborg, guys. Junkie XL. Follow him on every bit of social media. You know where he is. And follow and, uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel. Tom, you've been a delight, nice, man. Nice to meet you, Dave. Nice, nice to meet you, Tom. Too, man. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you, sir. Man. Oh, yeah, I love awesome. you. All right. Good night. Thank you again, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.